1: Oh, um
0: is that
2: recorded
0: live? I believe I've got Michael. Are you still there Michael? Okay. And do I also have you Tony? Yeah, Josh. Oh, it's Josh. Okay, excellent. 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 Okay, fantastic. Uh well, obviously there's a couple of things I would love to discuss with both of you. Um Michael of course we had you briefly on in the past and I think you might have been driving or something and we lost you. Uh you had yeah, you had a great week of practice coming out of uh your your uh, All-Star game. You you had put up really good tape and I'll be honest, I thought you might be one of those guys that might get the call to go to the scouting combine. Uh, you certainly look the part as they like to say. Uh, but you said that you know you weren't upset or anything like that but you're you're just working to try to get ready for your pro day. Uh so I'll start with you Michael. When and where is your pro day going
1: to take place? Okay, so you'll be working out for Scout's March the 24th. And where are you prepping for that? Ah. Okay, the chamber in beautiful fort Lauderdale now had you had you spent much time in Florida previously <laughs> there are many worse places to spend time
0: than South Florida, so I can't help but a, can't help but agree that you are in a good spot uh Josh. Thank you so much for making the time. Uh, you, you obviously have been a guy who's who's done a lot of really impressive things in in your career as well. Uh, where are you currently?
3: I'm currently in Omaha, Nebraska.
0: Oh, you're in Omaha. Okay. Uh, now, is that where you're working out, or or what has this brought you to to Omaha?
3: Ah, uh, no, it's just where I work. I'm retired now.
0: Oh. This is the,
3: this is the D Line Doctor, Josh.
0: Oh, that, Josh. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's where you are now. Okay, okay, okay. So you work, you're work you working for them there?
3: Uh, yes, yeah, I'm working for uh, the Omaha World Herald.
0: The World Herald, perfect. Well, you may know Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know if – I don't think you were with us when Michael was briefly with us before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh,
3: yeah, I might have been.
0: Uh, Michael's a big corner. I think, Michael, you measured in at – what, just under six foot one, like six feet and seven eighths or something? And two oh six, is that right? No. Two hundred even. Okay. So six feet and seven eighths, two hundred even. So that's that's perfect, basically. <laughs> um essentially you are physically perfect. Congratulations. Uh, Did they measure you in terms of things like arm length and hand size and all that good stuff as well when you were at the uh,
1: All-Star Game? Okay. Okay. Nine and seven-eighths is a big old hand, so
0: congratulations. Um, Recently, we all started measuring our hands and posting pictures because we're silly, but... uh, (laughs) <laughs> but I'm trying to remember what the range was of the, the you know, the guys that I, I talked to a lot about football. I think the smallest was like eight and three-eighths or eight-and-a-half or something. I think there was somebody, it might have been Jeff Risden. somebody had some meat hooks out there. There was at least one guy that was a little over, that was right around 10 or something like that. But that's you begin to appreciate, you know, how normal basically a nine inch hand is when it seemed like about 70% of the guys were right about nine inches. Did you ever have your hand, Josh, back in your day, did you ever have your hands measured?
3: Uh, I did not. No. No.
0: no. Well, I don't, think, I don't think they care that much, I guess, about D-tackles. Yeah. <laughs> as long as your hands work well enough to latch on the people. Now I believe we've been joined by Tony. Uh, is that you, Tony? Yeah. Perfect. Well, good. I was hoping you and Josh would would be on together. Josh is my my D-line doctor. He is a guy that, of course, has played a lot of defensive line himself and is great at breaking down defensive line prospects. So we have the very productive Tony Pelou from uh, Texas A&M Commerce. We have a revisit and update from Michael Jordan of Missouri Western who was briefly with us, and we lost him about, I guess, about 10 minutes into his previous interview. So you are in beautiful Fort Lauderdale. Once again, congratulations on that. And uh, uh, what are some of the things you're working on? Obviously, you you've, you've shown people that you can play man. And did you guys play much zone as well, or are, you, or are you primarily just man? Yeah, I noticed you seem to do a lot what you used to call cat uh, coverage. You got this cat, you got this cat. I got that cat. <laughs> got uh, so. In ter- in, because obviously there's a fair amount of zone played at the next
1: level, who's working with you to sort of teach you some zone concepts now, Michael? Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. So you're working with a wide receiver, uh, Chris Chambers, who... I don't know if they keep track of this because he might have been before they quote unquote had official whatever's. But I think he put up a 45 inch vert or something crazy back in his day at the combine. <laughs> I remember Chris Chambers combine um, from back in the day. Oh my God, was he explosive! I bet he still could bust out a. I bet he could still bust out about a, a mid to high four or five if he had to. Oh, really? He's put on a couple pounds? (laughs) Okay. Well, tell him I said hello. I I scouted him back in the day. He was a heck of a player. Uh, Who else is working out there with you, with you, Sam Madison and Chris Chambers? Who who, Who are some of the other prospects down there in Fort Lauderdale?
1: Heard of him, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Miami. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, the three guys. It's interesting you mentioned. You mentioned
0: three guys I'd love to talk to. So if you could, let them know that I'd like to have them. all three of those are guys I'd like to have on, uh, and then and here, I'm only half kidding. And then my other, uh, I guess my main question is what goals do you have in mind for your pro day, which you said was the 24th, is that correct? So almost exactly, a, uh, just under a month.
1: Okay. Uh, what are the goals you've set for yourself, Michael? Sure. hmm Yeah, I'm I'm in
0: agreement. I'm in agreement that you should have been invited to the combine, and I think you will. Now, now when you say eye popping numbers, you're talking about like 30, what 38, 39 in the vert. What, what, what are you, do about a what like a 10-4 broad? 10-8, okay.
1: Okay. oh oh, really what's your what's your what's your personal record what's your personal record in the three cones so far Mm -hmm.
0: okay Oh, okay well that's still good but yeah you were about to set a world record okay six okay if you're if you're in that six six two six six three range with your size yeah you're gonna get people excited And I'm assuming you're trying to run,
1: what, like, low 4.4s, or what's your goal for the 40? Okay. You know what? I I, I appreciate your honesty. So, yeah, so you're thinking like
0: 4.45 to 4.49 range. See you know those people who says I'm gonna run four three, okay, so and, and, and on tape, I'll be honest <laughs> Right. And I'll be honest, on tape you look like about four four eight. So if you do run in that range, then your speed matches your tape. Perfect. Um well Josh, I mean we're just getting an update from Michael where I spend most of our time with Tony, but did you have a question for Michael before I uh I, I send him back on his way? Mr. Zimmer, do you have any questions for uh, for Michael Jordan?
3: Oh, no, I did, I did not. Uh, it was great to hear. Um, I mean, you basically covered everything. Uh, I just want to wish him luck and uh, hopefully get a chance to see him in the camp.
0: Yeah, well, I I think we'll do more than just see him in the camp. I think yes. he's going to be one of those guys that didn't get invited to the combine. I think 41, I think, last year who didn't get invited to the combine got drafted, which may have been a record <laughs> um, or close to it. I don't know if it will be 41 this year, but I'm thinking at least 25 or so guys, somewhere in the 25 to 30 range, are going to get drafted who didn't get invited. And, Michael, I think you're going to be one of them. People love big corners, and you are a big corner who's a good tackler, who's not afraid to, you know, be left alone on the island, and you're not afraid to come up and support the run. I mean, I think of guys like uh, Chris McAllister. I don't know, once again, I could be talking about before your time. But uh, go, go to the Magic YouTube machine, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Hit up Chris McAllister on, on YouTube, and that's the guy I see when I look at you, when I look at your, your tape. I mean, you're playing a different level of competition. He's a Pac-12 guy or whatever, but physically you guys are almost identical and very similar in playing style. Do that. Uh, so thank you for coming back on with us. I'm sorry we, we lost you last time you were traveling and please if people are interested i don't know if you're an instagram guy or if you're a, you know a snapchatter or whatever it is but if people wanted to keep up with uh, the speed and the power and the smoothness that is one michael jordan how would they do so sir
1: <laughs> okay Okay, how would they find and follow you there, then? Okay, oh, well, of course, right,
0: makes sense. At Jordan, 23 perfect. Well, I'm glad that was still even available for you. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, So, Michael Jordan, big, powerful corner from uh, Missouri Western. Please do, I sent an email. I don't know if you got it, but there's a series of questions. Uh, some of which, you know, I asked previously, and some of which I tried to cover today. But this will be for an article I'm writing. If you could send back answers to said questions, that would really help me to fill out a profile on you, and we'll start, I'll start dropping those on FanSpeak as soon as the combine's over. Perfect. Thank you so much. That was Michael Jordan, Missouri Western Corner, a guy who I think is pretty much exactly what the NFL is looking for. I'm just shocked. He didn't get invited to the combine. Uh, he's on my list of biggest combine misses, which is another article I'm trying to finish up as well. So uh, I'll be trying to get – I meant to publish that yesterday. It'll probably get out Sunday or something. But uh, still, always a pleasure, always uh, great to
1: keep up with you, and I will talk to you again soon, Michael. Mr. Paloo, How you doing? Thank
0: you so much for your patience. We were just catching up with Michael because Michael was a guy we'd had – had on before, and unfortunately he uh, was traveling and we lost his, lost his call. Let me just say, uh, I was actually looking at another prospect initially, not this year but last year. I mean, I've watched you with eyes on you this year, but last year I was actually intending to watch another prospect. You guys were playing, it might have been Houston Baptist, and I kept seeing you in the screen all the time, everywhere, chasing down plays from behind, blowing up stuff from the front side, pressuring the quarterback, making running backs bounce runs that were intended to go off-tackle, making them bounce them to the perimeter. You were just making people's life a living heck. <laughs> so, first of all, congratulations. Well done. Um, Thank you. You are a productive – I mean, that's the term, uh, I guess, that comes to mind, Josh. Uh, I don't know how much you may have had a chance to check out Tony. And I'll, uh, Let me just start with that. Tony – if people were trying to find your tape, where would they look? Um, on Huddle right now. I mean, I, I'm in the process of, of
4: finishing up my, my senior highlights, and, I mean, right now I have my junior um, highlights on Huddle. Um, but once I complete them, I'm going to put them on YouTube, too,
0: and it will be okay. under my
4: name, Tony mm-hmm. with an I.
0: Right, it's T-O-N-I-P-U-L-U, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, is, is that short for something, or is your full given name Tony?
4: My full given name Tongan. Um, okay. I'm Tongan. It's a Tongan name. Um, right. Only difference is we don't have a Y in our alphabet,
5: so
0: right. Tongan with I. Right. So, and just that's, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned that. So you are Tongan, just to yeah. straighten it out. People, off, people will describe you as Samoan, but you're not Samoan. You're Tongan. Yeah, I'm Tongan. Right. And for those who don't understand the difference, Tongan is Samoan on steroids. Um, the maybe the most <laughs> maybe the most fierce, powerful human beings the Earth has ever seen are the Tongans. <laughs> People think Samoans are frightening individuals. You should see a Tongan up close. Because <laughs> um, you're not even particularly big for your family, are you? No, I'm. I'm pretty average size. Yes, that's the scary thing. Is a guy could be a high-level defensive tackle and be an average dude in tonga <laughs> have you have you ever had a chance to go home to see your 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 people's homeland tonga um
4: you know i haven't i haven't yet and that's that's something i plan on doing it's something i've always wanted to do it's pretty yeah, it, fun and <laughs> just nice to get out there and see where all my
0: family comes from it's a pretty amazing as like i said i hope you do get that chance it's pretty amazing. Um, I, I've known a few Tongans, and I don't think the, I think the smallest Tongan I knew was about two, fifty-two, and he was the runt. I mean, I'm not kidding. He said, it. "I'm the runt of my family." You know, I have an uncle who's three hundred and thirty. I have a, you know, it's like, oh, like he was the little guy. Like he, I, people think he's kidding. He showed me a picture, and he, here he is. He's like 6'2", 252, and he's like overshadowed. You know. Yeah. All of his <laughs> brothers and uncles and whatever, his, his father and grandfather are all 6'4, 6'5, 6'. Like the shortest person, he wasn't short, he was wide in tech, but there was like maybe one, six, one guy, but he was like 6'1 and 350. And then everybody else was up, you know, 6'4. <laughs> so that's an amazing. Uh, you have amazing bloodlines, obviously. And you have a lot of guys in your family who've played, don't you? Yeah,
4: yeah. Actually, everyone uh, in my family. Um, played football, all my brothers, and I also have um, just cousins that are, that played in the NFL or are playing in the NFL.
0: Now, could you give us, I guess, the, the top five guys in your family who've played football? Um,
4: I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot of. Uh, when well, it comes th- to being related as a Tongan as or a tongue in our Polynesian period, I mean,
0: you're related to so many <laughs> so people. Everybody. So you're related to all of them, know, right? Yeah, a, They're all cousins. Uh, okay. Well, who are the ones that people's name, who are the names that people will probably be most likely to recognize? Let me put it that way, amongst your family. Um, right now, my, one of my cousins, uh, Wani Unga,
4: he's with um, the New York Giants playing linebacker. Yep. Um, he came in, I think, mid-season or actually maybe even earlier when uh, Beasley went down and and he's did really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, he yeah. picked it up so quickly. I was and impressed. Because he had to make the calls in that defense. Oh, yeah.
4: It's, that, that's a definitely a hard position to play at. And I also had a um, a cousin playing running back, um, Harvey Uma, coming out of BYU. He was with the Bears for a little while. Yeah. And um, he's, he's now coaching at BYU.
0: Yeah, I, I've met Harvey, actually. Um, rooted for him. He's got a family he's got what is it three kids already yeah two yeah two two okay I'm sorry I'm giving an extra kid already sorry (laughs) um (laughs) yeah because he was a he was married while he was still in college of memory surgery which is not rare amongst uh LDS guys yeah yeah so he came into the league with a with a family in tow so that makes it you know all the more of a challenge now you are still single is that correct um, I have a girlfriend. I do have a girlfriend. Okay, okay, good, good. Ladies, back off. Tony is deep. <laughs> Take it. Uh, no your... kids, though. <laughs> no kids, though. Oh, well, there you go. What, what's your special young lady's name? Uh, Lexi Noriega. Oh, okay. Got it. So you're trying to to mix it up a little bit. You're going you're going Latino with us. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. a okay. Curveball. That's you. You got to do it. Got to keep them guessing. Uh, okay. Okay. Got it. Uh, you met her. You met her at college, I'm guessing, at uh, Texas A&M. Uh, oh no, I I met her um, when I was
4: going to Juco out in Arizona. I was I was oh. attending uh, Mesa Community College, and she played volleyball.
0: Oh, volleyball play. Okay. Yes. Well. Yes, volleyball's is awesome. Uh, I I I. That's it. First of all, it's an explosion sport. I mean, she's probably a pretty good athlete then. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Thirty-four
4: inch vert. <laughs> Maybe higher, you know. I'm not sure. I'm gonna test it.
0: You should. I mean, <laughs> put her, put her on the. Uh, okay, perfect. Well, I'm gonna say, Josh, do you have any questions for uh, Tony Pallu? Uh Yeah. Uh, first of all, you know, thanks for joining us.
3: Uh, you know, I have had a chance to see some of your tape, and uh, I don't know if anybody's ever commented on it, but the one thing that I like, actually, I should say more than like, I love is that you're just a bully, and I love it. Um, I mean, it's you're great with your hands. He has great hands. Um, you know, watching most of your, your tapes, uh, you're a very productive pass rusher, which is good to see considering the size that you possess, which is, you know, 6'3". Uh, are you still around 285, or are you a little bit lighter than that right now?
4: Um, I'm at 290 right now.
3: That's even better. So, yeah, so I mean... <laughs> Is that about where you played at what was it at? Is that about where you played at?
4: um you know, I played at a lot of different weights um my junior season i was I was pretty much at two ninety two eighty five but um this last season we we had a a newer kind of defense, and so um I was playing on the edge, playing in the middle, so I was dropping weight and gaining weight,
3: okay what what yeah. Well, I, I like that that shows that you're unselfish because um, uh, I definitely know how that is. They ask you to change your weights and everything like that. Um, but watching your tape, you know, and, again, seeing you as a pass rusher, uh, what are some of the things that you really think about, you know, when you're lining up? Obviously, most people are thinking about one move this, and then if he counters me, I can do this. What's necessarily your approach each time you rush, or you're setting up for a rush? Um,
4: man, I'm just watching, um, trying to get off the ball, get off the ball, and um, watching their first footstep really, because whatever they do, I'm, I'm I try to take what they give me, um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to pass rush. Now, sometimes I. I I go ahead and just ignore all that and bull rush, But um, for the most part, yeah, I I try to take what they give me.
3: Okay, and and as you said, taking it as they give you, is that also something that you do in your pre? Everybody knows, especially at the college level and in D2, that you have to be just as cerebral as you are physically. Um, Is that something that you take to your approach during uh, hearing your film studies? Um, Trying yeah. to look for certain tendencies?
4: Yeah, definitely. That's, um, this last year especially was a big part of just breaking down film and, and seeing who we're going to play against. And um, I was always looking to see what kind of tendencies they had and um, a lot of reads I can get off of them. And, I mean, it worked out a big part.
3: Yeah, and you guys are in the you're in the Lone Star Conference, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Which but, is a tough
0: conference.
3: Yes. <laughs> I've uh back when I was uh hunting the pads, played uh Kingsville, Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh so we were we were pretty familiar with uh A and M Commerce and watching some of your guys' take to prepare for them. Um talking about the next level uh, where do you necessarily see yourself ideally? Like, you know, obviously the gimmick answer is going to be, well, I'll play wherever they want me to play. Um, uh, but if you had, to, if you had to decide, uh, would you much rather like to stay on the edge, maybe be that, you know, three, four defensive end, or even, you know, that five technique as a four, three, D end, or do you kind of like staying inside?
4: Um, you know, I, I would like to be out on the edge. Um, as a big defensive end. Um, I feel like I have enough uh speed and strength uh to where I could have a big advantage. But also when it comes to playing the inside, I mean I um I I haven't played the inside until my junior year and I mean I grew to really like it. You're a lot closer to the quarterback. It's not as much of a distance thing. So I mean you can get there a lot faster.
3: It's a lot funner it's a lot funner to pass rush at a three tech because uh And, obviously, you know, defenses change, you know, within certain
1: schemes. Uh,
3: But as a rusher, especially now with the way, you know, especially in your guys' conference where you don't necessarily see a lot of the traditional, all right, we're going to be man in zone type uh, protections, you're seeing a little bit of slide, but mostly, you know, it's if it's a 4-3 front, you're going to see three on two and your tackles are going to be hinging. So you get a little bit of that two-way go, which you can have some fun with, uh, because it makes it, you know, it makes it a lot better to be able to set up a guard. Uh, oh yeah. I do kind of like that answer because it is, you are a little bit closer to the quarterback. Um, you know, you you have, you know, just watching your tape, you you do have the strength to kind of sit and sink, you know, and really play those double teams, and your size, you know, because you are six three, doesn't play to your disadvantage. Which is hard to believe. Because some people will think that oh, he's six three. He has a hard time keeping his paddle level down. That's actually that's the one thing that you're actually very good at. Um, so I, I really like that. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if uh, if Bill got into it. I know my phone was cutting in and out a little bit. Uh,
0: but what are your numbers looking at uh, right now? Um, for pro day height, height, weight, yeah, and workout, all that. Yep.
4: Um. Right now I'm I'm six three um weighing two ninety. Um hmm. when it comes to my numbers um for our pro day stuff, I mean we had a mock pro day. Um I'm jumping I think a thirty
0: oh, um, 290. two ninety? That'll do.
4: <laughs> running four four eight, four nine. Um bench Um, I'm a little shy on right now. Um, I'm in the 30s, uh, pushing for 40. Good. And I'm not too sure about my broad jump.
0: Good. Okay.
2: Well, well, let me just say
0: this. If you put up the numbers you think you might put up, you would test with the top tackles probably in this entire draft class. And we've had – it's funny, Josh. We had what I call your play cousin, uh, Justin Zimmer from uh, Ferris State on a couple weeks ago, and he might be the most powerful explosive athletic tackle, forget D two, in college football.
3: hmm
0: oh, So yeah, you might I want see. to double check that family tree just in case, because I think he might be in the league soon.
3: I'm definitely <laughs> we're checking it as we speak.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> you know, after the whole Mike Zimmer situation, you know, with Uncle Mike, anytime there's a Zimmer that's rolling along, we're uh we're I'm double checking that family tree. So might, trying to figure out where, trying to figure out where it went wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pretty. You were pretty powerful in your day. Not quite Justin Zimmer powerful, but you were a reasonably powerful guy. You weren't. You just didn't have that ridiculous like freak strength that he had. I mean, six fifteen squat. Uh, what he did some crazy number of reps. Forty some odd reps. Mm-hmm. Um, and Four eight nine forty and like a thirty five, something like that at three hundred and three pounds. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he had a pretty special day at the office at the uh, regional combat. <laughs> I was in the ballpark.
3: I was in the ballpark. I just wasn't blessed with the size. Uh, right. I'm the John Randall six footers for life club.
0: Yes. Exactly. And there's still a place for those guys, as Aaron Donald has reminded people, you know, there's a place. <laughs> um, I believe we've been joined. Let me just see. Is that... It's either, it's either Bill Justice Jones Thomas. or Donovan. I'm trying to see who that is. It's just John <laughs> Oh, it's Justice. There we go. Justice, Justice Thomas. Thomas. There, it's Justice Thomas. Perfect. Okay, that's who it is. Joined us. Justice, thank you so much uh, for making time. I've been enjoying learning more about you the last six or so months i I, you weren't one of the guys i had sort of on my watch list going into the season so i had to find you sort of by accident while while watching some other guys uh sort of like i did with tony but i did it a year previous with tony so i came into this year knowing about him uh justice could you tell us a little about how you and football found each other how did you discover football or how did football discover you
6: <clears throat> well, um, I've always been a uh, basketball player my whole life. Uh, it, yeah, it mother, shows a little it, bit.
0: Yeah, You're, you've you've uh, got the feet. Well, you said what? I was saying it shows a little bit. You've got those feet. Oh uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um,
6: yeah, uh, you know my mother played basketball for UNLV. You know, um, like pretty much my whole family just played basketball. So I kind of um, wasn't never was very close to my father. So I always wanted to take care, take after my mother. Mm-hmm. So I started playing basketball, um, started playing for a team maybe in the seventh grade. I've been playing basketball all my life. And um, after, uh, when I went to junior college, after I graduated from high school, um, I went to Mendocino College uh, for basketball. And um, the athletic director happens to be the head football coach <laughs> there. I, I know how that
0: story is not about to turn. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> right.
6: So... Um, you know, he seen me the first day. Uh, I was there walking with the basketball coach, and he completely just stopped the basketball coach from talking to me and told me to come in his office. Uh, so I, I go in his office, and um, he's talking to me about football, asking me if I ever played. And I never uh, was a, a big fan of football at the time. Like I said, I always wanted to play basketball. Um, anytime I asked uh, any anyway, of my basketball coach in high school, they thought i should sit and play football, you know, <laughs> They didn't want me to get hurt for basketball, you know. I was, right. Uh, I, I, I know soccer. how it works. Yeah, of
2: course.
6: So, I just never. Uh, also, you know, being a basketball player, you you want the ball. You know, uh, football. They uh, wanted to put me. They wanted me to block. So you know, I wanted the, the glory. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> it's not
0: the sexiest thing in the world. Kickstepping <laughs> and you know having to scoop block people and things like that. But yeah, go ahead.
6: Um. So um.
0: You know, I, I told
6: them I didn't want to play. Um, I ended up going to the school, and um, for like weeks, man, for like weeks, he was just like, you know, it, it, you know, just play, you know, just come out, you know, try for a week, and if you know, you try for a week and you quit, you know, um, we yeah, won't get mad at you. At least you we won't get mad at you, at least you tried. I'm just like, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna try to show him that I can't play, so I can just focus on basketball. And um, when I tried out. It wasn't I didn't fall in love with it uh quickly. I actually I actually was getting my butt kicked in practice. And yeah, I you were. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right.
6: So um actually the uh the uh one of the the best DN, probably the best DN I went uh went up against playing football was on my team. His name is Brett Bowers, um went to uh Dometico State. Um uh,
2: yeah.
6: he just he just kicked my butt every day. <laughs> every day. It was just like it was horrible, like I, it was to the point I was just mad. So I, I never quit. Um, I kept going, and um, the first game I ended up starting. And, um, that's how me and uh, football ca- came acquaintance.
0: Your your story is a lot like a lot of sort of big basketball guys, and some of them, you know, come around and they, they still fall in love. But then you have the Charles, Charles Barkley. He says, I haven't had many bad days in my life, but the worst day of my life was the day they talked we had to play football. <laughs> So I, can, I can agree to that. I can agree to that. <laughs> Charles said, "People who play football are crazy."
2: <laughs>
6: I, I I definitely agree with that. It was a new, a whole new environment. Everybody was overly aggressive.
2: Yeah.
6: Especially, especially Brett, he was like, you know, this guy from like this this you know this white guy from like the country, Caucasian guy, uh-huh. Mohawk, bald on the side. <laughs> Just six three two sixty, just all muscle, and just I I, I, didn't, I I didn't That was my first time ever being in that type of situation.
0: Right. So you hadn't even played organized football as a kid. You hadn't played pop no. Warner. You hadn't played Peewee. None of that stuff. So you were new. No. No. You were fresh. Fresh. Meat. Right. Actually, <laughs>
6: actually, they played a joke on me. My first uh my first day, um the coach told nobody to help me with my pads. Oh. And I was just I was just sticking stuff everywhere. I walked out with stuff just <laughs> everywhere in my in my pads in my hands.
2: I didn't really have, oh. <laughs>
6: I didn't know what to do. They were they, they it was a show. They they died laughing. They oh. know, so one of the coaches had to walk back with me to the locker room and help me put everything on. It took about twenty minutes.
2: Uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh the funny thing is, I mean, obviously, as you, as you say, I mean, you, you were, you were comic relief initially, and then you got out there and got dragged around by your nose for a while and made to feel bad about yourself as a man. But All right. how long did it take for you to feel like, okay, wait a second. I'm, I'm not the worst thing out here anymore. Like how long did it take for you to feel like, okay, I might be able to do this thing? Um,
6: Probably the second game. The first game was like, you know, even after a while, when we got to the game, no one told me I was, <laughs> I was starting.
2: Wait, hold
0: on, slow, slow. I gotta pump the brakes for a minute. So they were just like, "This is like an extended practical joke." They were gonna, they were gonna like let you just like hang around on the sidelines, thinking everything's cool. They'd be like, "Get up there!" What do you mean? I have no clue. I'm just
6: like, you know, practice. You know, something. I get a lot. I get in a lot in practice, but I haven't played. They're not gonna play me. You know, I'm gonna. Sit on the sideline, you know, get the feel for it a little bit. They, they called me to group up and put me out there. I was like, um, guys, uh, you sure about this? <laughs> actually, um I remember um one of the guys was actually uh pulling my face mask and I remember one of the rules was we can't we can't grab a face mask. So I I, I went to the side and I'm asking my my coach, like, man. He's cheating. You know, he's pulling my face mask. I thought we couldn't you know, thought we couldn't do that. he's just, he's pulling my jersey, he's push pulling me. I I can I, I don't can he, do that? Yeah, man, he can do that? You just gotta get him off of you. That was my first ever pancake. I just got mad. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just got mad at pancakes. 'Cause at the at that point he was just cheating.
0: Yeah. He grabbed well, my fault. face mask and you were probably the biggest human being he'd ever seen. Now we have, we've sort of buried the lead here. Justice, just how big are you? About you? Um,
6: I'm about. Um, I I, my height was huh? at the combine. My, mean height, mean? Height, uh, my uh, height was six three. Um, I've been uh, heighted at six five, six four at the least. It's my first time I've ever being six three. And You weren't
0: just six. You were six three in what, like five or something, right?
6: Yes, yes, yes. 6'3", 5'8". Okay. That's okay. Um, um, and I weigh
0: 361. <laughs> at, at that time, I was probably 380. That's what I was about to say. You you are now – you're big sexy now, but you slimmed down to get to the big sexy that you are now. Right, right. <laughs> it, took, it took a while. It
6: took a whole lot of running.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to – Open it up in a second, but my last question before I open it up to 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 uh, to Josh. So you were playing basketball at darn near four hundred pounds at one point. Is that what I'm yeah. given to understand? Yes.
6: Yeah. Actually, moving pretty well. I actually brought up, played the point a few
0: plays. I led the team in assists actually too.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is amazing to me. You've got to shoot me a link to your, some of your basketball tape where you're out there running the point at 397 pounds or whatever. Of course, you of course. That, <laughs> that is the kind of thing a man will treasure for the rest of his life. Okay, you I'm going right, to go. Okay, every go ahead. man wants to think they're uh, a point yeah. guard. Right, right. I mean, I remember the All-Star game about 15 years ago, 14 years ago, where Shaq opened the game, breaking the ball right. up. <laughs> <laughs> and the, here's what kills me: He high-stepped on somebody. He didn't just bring it out; he tried to shake somebody. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to open it up. Um, so this is one of the big. I've been doing this a long time, Josh. I've been. This is my 305th show, I believe, and I've had some big folks on, but I think this may be the record holder uh, right here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that's always a good record to hold. You never have to be complaining about that. But, uh, no, I just want to say thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, I want to ask some of the similar questions. Uh, what are some of the things that go through your uh, preparation?
2: Uh, oh, that's for over 70 touchdowns last year? not the guy
0: I'm not sure if sure you heard the question, Justice, he was asking you about what you're doing in terms of physical preparation. I'm sorry. I,
6: I, some, I, um, I can't, someone's phone was going in and out, but, um, uh just, um, I have a trainer right now, um, you know, doing a lot of, uh, resistance training, you know, um, my main focus right now, um, I have strength, you know what I'm saying, just maintaining the strength, but losing more weight. Um, a lot of running, a lot of resistance training, um, more so, yeah, that's that's pretty much all we're doing. Um, a lot of sprints, cardio, jump power, stuff with power. Um, that's my main focus right now, getting down. Um, I lost 15 pounds in three weeks, and I'm going for 15 more. You know? So, wow.
5: Okay. And uh, you, know, you
3: talk
2: about
3: also losing the weight. Uh, what do you think that's going to do for you in terms of eating on I'm sorry.
6: Uh, can you repeat the question?
3: Yeah, you know, you talk about, you talk about losing, you know, losing weight um, How do you think this can help shape you as a player, you know, at the next level? Oh,
6: okay. Um, just uh, getting uh, a whole lot quicker. Um, right now, um, I'm about uh, forty-five pounds. Uh, not even forty-five pounds. I'm about thirty pounds. Um. Uh, overweight of where I want to be at right now. And um it's just gonna make me quicker, you know, very more uh versatile with steps and things. I'm pretty, I'm very quick now and stuff like that. Um you know um it's been good for me uh this far. Um but you know at where I'm moving the way I'm moving now at three sixty one, you know, um I can just picture how fast I would be at three thirty or you know, three three twenty five or something like that. Um at the next level, I think I will need that extra, you know, step. You know, everyone's like ten times better, and I'm just trying to make myself ten times better. Um, yeah, that's fr- pretty much it. Um, that's all I think it will help me.
2: <clears throat>
6: just keeping up, just keeping up with them.
3: Yeah. And what do you think is your uh, best attribute so far? Um, if you were to go back and watch your tape,
6: um, probably feet work.
3: Um, I actually uh.
6: I have pretty good feet work. If you footwork, if you um you see me you see me, you would never think I'm as quick or as uh fast as I am or I can move the way I am. Also, mm-hmm. basketball helps me with a lot of stuff. I'm very good at reading defenders, you know what I'm saying? Um you have to play defense on a basketball court, it's all about sliding, even though just a little bit different. Kick stepping is a little bit different, but it's all the same. You know, um that's probably my, my best attribute, is my footwork. You know I'm I'm very good at keeping up with defender. Also, and and, um, actually, uh, um, at the combine we actually did a mirror drill. Um, and when I was on defense, I actually made somebody fall. Trying (laughs) to keep up with me on defense, Uh, (laughs) the coaches thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And uh,
3: now, do you think you'll stay at? uh, You know, because you think you'll be able to play tackle or? Will you bump inside um at the next level?
6: Um, I I I really want um if it was up to me, I would stay at tackle. You know, I would do whatever it takes to play tackle. I mean it's it's really the only position I play and I feel um I kinda of fell in love with it. Um, but I will play inside too. Uh it's pretty much wherever they want me. You know, uh, blocking for the quarterback is blocking for the quarterback's o line pride. You know, as long as he doesn't get hit. Whatever they need me at, you know, that's where that's where I will be at.
0: But, yeah. Well, um, let me let me let me cue you in. I, all the people I talk to see you as a guard now. Okay. Because, partially because of the sweet feet. Uh. Partially because even though you your guys played a lot of tackle, they think that the things that you do best, which uh, as you just said, I mean, your ability to to get out there on the move, you pull a little bit, and right. you're you're pulling tape. I mean, I've never cut up just your pulls, but you look like a guard when you pull. I mean. Okay. And if you you know, in your body. I mean, obviously you're working on it, but you, you know, you've seen what tackles look like in the NFL. I'm not trying to insult right. you in anyway, Justice, but you don't look like those guys.
6: No. no, of course, of course, I know that. I know that. So, um, I, yeah, good. I just, I just believe I, I shock people. You know. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> shock people, uh, just like I said. But um, I mean, guard is fine with me, um, as long as my quarterback is fine. You know, um, I, I kind of the way I think of it is my quarterback is like. My little brother, or something like
2: that.
6: <laughs> um, as your as your as your brother, or as your little brother, when you have a younger sibling, period, mm-hmm. um, you always supposed to uh, protect them, and that's uh, my job. Okay. Um, same way, the same way at the um, on the basketball court, I would never let my point guard work too hard to bring up the ball. If he if he if he's working uh, hard, that screen is coming. You will feel that screen.
0: <laughs> I bet my, they my felt it too when you were. Packing 380-some-odd pounds of groceries. <laughs>
6: so um, I think for my quarterback never to get hit, he try to feel as safe as possible, and that's all line That's anywhere on the line And I'll, I'll play guard. It's fine. I love the pool. That's my thing.
0: I love I the pool. That's, love and that's, why, that's what sold me and probably some other people on you as a guard. Speaking of quarterbacks, I think we might have been joined by a quarterback. Let me just double-check to see who else is with us. But I believe Kyle may have joined us. Is that you, Kyle? Yes, I'm here. Perfect. Uh, so you're hearing about somebody with a passion for protecting quarterbacks. I'm sure that must make your heart, you know, beat a little bit faster. Well, I definitely feel comfortable knowing that there's guys that care about the quarterbacks' well-being. <laughs> it's the heart and soul um, of, I mean, really, especially the the way football's played at the top level. I'm sure you watch a lot of football. Yes, uh, there. Now we saw obviously the last Super Bowl was basically about ball control, defense, and, you know, just keeping the other team from ever establishing offensive rhythm. And Denver didn't do a lot on offense. They had basically one and a half really good drives, but that's all it took. (laughs) You know? Uh, So, Kyle, you're a guy who's been a multi-sport athlete as well. Tell us about your athletic past.
5: When I was younger, uh, I grew up doing everything just outside my apartment. I mean, I used to roller skate, skateboard, bicycle. I obviously played basketball four square football, and I did a lot of different things and uh organizationally, I started playing basketball first, and I grew in love with yep.
0: that what kind of player were you
5: i was, i was I was real young, I was probably like seven or eight and so I mean. I I could I couldn't even tell you we were all over over the place at that age. Okay.
0: I was trying to get it figure out if you were like a gunner, if you were like a guy that, you know, brought the ball up or you just look at the spot up and shoot, but you don't even remember what kind of player you were?
5: Not at all. And I stopped playing basketball by the end of middle school, so
0: Really? That early? Yeah.
5: I didn't even, I, I didn't even play in high school. I was strictly a football player in high school.
0: All right. All right. All right. Uh, who were your big influences on you as a as a player, whether particular coaches or who was it that was around you that helped to to mold you? Oh, without a doubt, it'll probably my dad. Uh, he's in my ear every day to this day.
5: And, and making sure I'm working on different things, and he's always on me. So it would definitely your, have to be my
0: dad. Your dad played, right? I'm sorry? Your dad played, right? Uh,
5: no, sir, he did not. Really? He, he played in high school, but other than that, he didn't, okay. he didn't play in college or in, in the league or anything.
0: Okay, he play, played played high school. Okay. What position did your dad play? He was a kicker and a receiver. Interesting combination. Okay, kicker and a receiver. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he was the one that encouraged you. Yes, sir, no doubt. Okay. When did you, obviously said you played a lot of different sports. When did football win your heart? When did you say to yourself, okay, I'm a football player?
5: Okay, so uh, obviously I said I played basketball first, but there was a day in, in elementary school where they were bringing You know, forms, it was a green form. I'll never forget it. Basically asking kids to sign up for football. So I'm going to try this thing out. I like watching it. My dad likes watching it. I enjoy watching it. So I'm going to just try and play it. And uh, I fell in love with the game ever since. Mm
0: Okay. Now we have a quarterback. We have a guy who protects quarterbacks, and we have a guy who hits quarterbacks. So we've got the perfect triangle of guests at this point. (laughs) Um, I believe you, Kyle, and Tony may have met once or twice on the football field. Is that correct? We've met several times. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, I'm going to ask each of you to give me a little thumbnail sketch scouting report on the other. So I'll start with you, Tony. Give me a little if, – if someone had not already seen tape on Kyle Washington, what would they see when they put on the tape? Who is he? What is he? What kind of player is he?
4: And he's trouble. Um, you got you got to plan a lot against him. Um, he he's a, he's a great leader. I mean, you could tell off the top
0: he can carry a team if he needed to. Um, but, yeah, all-around trouble. Okay. Uh, so when you put on tape and you're putting a plan together, what is it you're trying to do? Or what are you trying to take away? What are you trying to stop when you face a guy like Kyle? I mean, you, at first you think, okay, we'll, we'll stop him from running. Well, I mean, that turns out to be
4: harder than uh, you think. And then when you see him throw the ball, you're just like, all right, we just got to get to him. we got to get to him before he can do anything. And, I mean, if you can, you might be successful.
0: It's funny how you put that because I used to get in discussions. I won't see arguments, discussions with NFL scouts about Kyle. And a lot of them would say position transition or conversion. Just like, have you seen him throw the football? I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Kyle. You're raw. I mean, I'm not going to – lie to you and say oh man you're ready to step right into an NFL roster and be a starting quarterback but man if you got the components if you got the parts to work with I don't understand why so many people are convinced you're you're going to have to move to another position I, I would definitely give you a shot at quarterback first I just it was a pleasant surprise when I saw you throw the football because I kept hearing that you were just this athlete Yeah, you know, you're, oh yeah well he just runs around out there and I looked I was like okay well let me look at the tape and I just had to flat out disagree <laughs> it's like, no, no. this guy's a quarterback who just happens to be a really good athlete. But talk to me about your – your. you started playing football when you were, what, about 12, 13? I was about eight or nine. Eight or nine. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. So you started playing football at eight or nine. Yeah. And what positions did you play initially? Okay,
5: so when I first started, I thought I was Michael Irvin, and I wanted to be a receiver. <laughs> right. and at, that, at that time, I obviously played different positions as well, but I thought I was a receiver. Well, I didn't realize at that age that there's there's hardly any quarterbacks that can get you the ball. Right. <laughs> and so I, I I became bored. And at that time, the coaches were telling me, even my dad was telling me, man, you should play quarterback. They knew I had an arm. But at that time, I just I just wanted to score touchdowns like the guys I saw on TV. I'm like man, I'm gonna play quarterback. It's boring. So and so and so and so. <laughs> And so it comes to find out the next year I probably gave in and decided to play quarterback and fell in love with the position ever since.
0: It is the most criticized, dissected, <laughs> discussed position in all of sports, not just sports, <clears throat> but I mean, in any, any country, any place, nobody discusses, even people who have no business discussing playing quarterback, discuss it like they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you started playing quarterback. Tell me about the offense you ran when you first started playing quarterback, and where was it that you first started playing quarterback?
5: Oh, uh, uh, I mean, we ran the odd formation. I was under center.
2: Okay. And I was
5: about I was about ten years old, and we we ran a lot of. We were the only team to to throw the ball vertically at that time.
2: Oh. All the other
5: all the other teams were pretty much run heavy. Yes. They utilized their running backs and whatnot, but. We were the only Little League team at the time to throw the ball and that was pretty much of a big thing around my area. I mean obviously I threw the ball and ran the ball, so that's where it
0: all started. Got it. And that's 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 great that you actually got a chance to start as you said, pushing the ball vertically at ten. <coughs> I remember, uh, shout outs to the Fairlawn Rams. Uh when the first time I played on a team we had a quarterback that actually throw the football. My I was a defensive back most of my career, but I played a little bit of running back and wide receiver when I was a little kid. And like you said, being a wide receiver is pretty dull when you're eight or nine, because (laughs) as you just pointed out, yeah, you're running routes and everything, but after a while, you know, you're running the routes slightly less enthusiastically as the game goes along. And, you know, by the late in the game, you're just kind of like, Oh, there we go. So, I remember the, a kid, I lived in a Navy town, and a kid transferred in from San Diego, and first of all, he was the tall, one of the tallest kids I'd ever seen. kid was like 6'1 at age 11, and this kid, a kid named, named David, David, if you're out there, David uh, Miller, this kid's like 6'1 at age 11, and he, once again, beach volleyball kid, you know San Diego, whatever, and he's like 6'1, and he's, you know, he's not bulky or built up, but he's, he's got that whippy, like, those, like a pitcher's arm, you know, like a snappy arm, and as far as my hands ever you know, were stung from a kid throwing a football to me, like whoa, 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 and then our offense changed. <laughs> it was like oh, because <laughs> we were a veer offense. We were like, you know, we were all like, uh, you know, buck sweeps and everything like that. But then he came in and was like oh, okay, you know, we still weren't exactly, you know, we weren't like the Patriots or the, you know, Broncos or anything. But we still, you know, we would throw some outs. Um, button hooks, as we used to call them back in the day. You know, if you, if you throw a few and occasionally somebody would go deep. Not me, I didn't have that kind of speed. We had this one kid, uh, Troy. See, i taking me back almost 30 some odd years. Uh, 35 years, I guess, probably. Troy uh, used to be our deep threat. Uh, Troy Braithwaite. Troy Braithwaite, if you're out there, Mr. Speed. Um, so we've talked about quarterbacks and what it takes to keep them clean. Justice, you have faced some pretty good defensive linemen from the first, literally the first day you stepped on a football field, which for you was, you were what, 19, 20, the first time you ever played football? Yes, sir. Which, you know, obviously is a very different experience from most of the other guys here who started at 8, 9, 10. So, and I think we're being joined by Arjun. Oh, well, we're going to have a full house in a second here? Uh, so we'll have one of my guys, a defensive back, so we'll have a really a full house. Uh, linebackers, I guess, the only people really left out today. So you talked about what it takes to, I mean, you are the classic dancing bear, Justice. That's the term that people like to put down in their scouting reports, dancing bear, you know, <laughs> sweet feet, you know, enormous man with sweet feet. Uh, so you didn't get a chance to grow up playing a bunch of different positions, He's not in football. You've pretty much played one position your entire career. They asked me what
6: I wanted to play, and I kind of shrugged my shoulders. so they
0: Hmm. Tackle, they put me there. Right. right. myself. Oh. Right. right. Which is what you're going to do if you don't really know much about playing the game. You're oh, going right. say, what do you think? Right. And it took you a couple of games to settle in. When did you finally feel like a football player instead of a basketball player playing football? That um, that,
6: that's a hard – that is a very good question. I would probably say my my sophomore year at JUCO at that point I had to make a decision, you know whether to whether to really go into football or try to go into basketball at the next level. Um, so that was probably my. Um, and then I was uh, voted in as a captain too. Wait uh, what? Wait the- <laughs> wait. <laughs>
0: So you go from it basically a few months, like six, seven months, from a guy who doesn't even know how to put his pads on, and they're like laughing at you because you came out with your pads on all crazy, to a captain in like a half year. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, yeah, sir. Wow. It was, uh, it was a big
6: uh, – a lot of the guys uh, looked up to me. You know, um, I was always uh, – you know, do good in school. I ain't getting into any trouble. You know, I was one of the only
0: ones who um, – I had a
6: car, so I, I I looked out for a lot of the players. Ah,
0: know, now you know, we get to I, the I, root of it. Well, that's how you become a team captain in JUCO. You, you have a car.
6: I actually, um, I actually had a talk with uh, my coaches because I actually I didn't I wasn't really looking forward to being a um a captain. I'm not very talkative. Um, but they were they was telling me how uh I didn't really have to talk. You know, just lead by example and that's why um I was voted in. Also I I was the captain of basketball in, um in high school, you know, all four years, but that it, it seemed a little different. You know, football was different. I was new to it and I didn't really know how I was supposed to be a leader in something that I didn't know. You know, so um so yeah, they they just told me just lead by example, just be who who you are, you know, and um anytime there was a you know, altercation or people needed something or even if the coaches, they needed me to go check on apartment buildings and things like that uh I would go do that stuff. Interesting. And, um yeah, so <clears throat> so I, my sophomore year at uh JUCO, uh that's when I really felt like a football player. And that's when I really probably felt like I was good, I was getting good. You know, that's um
1: yeah, that's when it that's when it happened for me. what's this Okay. And
0: similar question to you, Tony, about leadership. Uh, you're a guy that I hear people on your program and even other guys in your conference refer to as a guy that brings leadership to the field. How do you go about leading? What does leadership mean for you, Tony Palu? Um,
4: <clears throat> for the most part,
0: just leading by example. I,
4: was a, I wasn't much of a a talking guy either. Um, I didn't like to talk much, especially when it came to game. But, I mean, I always tried to lead by example on the field and and go 110% every play. And, I mean, doing so, your 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 teammates see that, and, I mean, they never get discouraged. You're never out of a game when your leaders haven't given up yet, you know what I mean?
0: Okay. And then, obviously, when you play quarterback, it's, leadership isn't a choice. Uh, if you're going to be a quarterback, you're – going to be a leader or you're not going to be a quarterback so uh, that obviously brings me uh to to kyle um when you decide or when it's decided for you or however it happens when you end up lining up under center people are going to look to you for leadership yeah i was saying when you line up under center uh kyle people are going to look to you for leadership how long did it take you to get used to to that to being a leader
5: Oh, it happened very fast for me. I mean, they voted me captain that captain as a sophomore, and I went from the the red shirt guy to a red shirt freshman, the guy that didn't play very much, to all of a sudden a, a captain. And uh, it happened very fast, and I I I I realized real quick that I, I can't be like some of the other guys. I can't be like some of the other guys around campus. You know, everything I do is under a big microscope. And I had to take that seriously. And so anything I did, whether it was on the field, in the classroom, or in the weight room, I I had to make sure I was on my P's and Q's.
0: Got it. And Arjun, first of all, thank you for joining us as well. Hello, hello, uh, how are you? Hello. As a broken-down old old safety, I particularly appreciate you coming through. Uh, No problem, no problem. I appreciate it. Certainly. Now, you have a slightly different path to football than some of the other guys. Uh, we have one guy who came to it via basketball and got introduced to the game in junior college. We have two guys who started out, you know, as little kids playing football. Mm-hmm. How did you and football become acquainted, Arjun?
7: Uh, well, my dad, you know what I mean, he's really big in sports. He, uh, he, he was a multi-sport athlete growing up, so he played baseball, track, basketball, football. And uh he he wanted me to play whatever sport I wanted. So I when you're young you you wanna play everything. I wanna play soccer, I wanna play this. So um he enlisted me in football and I hit someone and I kinda of, I, I kinda of liked the feeling of it and I kinda of like I used to get mad out there. So uh that that it was probably started when I was like ten years old and I started in the Pee Wee corner league in Canada. Right. And uh so I started there when I was 10 years old, and, 23, and uh, I'm 23 now, and I'm at, leaving Michigan State and uh, trying to head to the, head to the draft. So uh, I'm excited, and I uh, can't wait for the opportunity.
0: Now, obviously, most Americans, when they think of Canadian football, they think basically that it's a step below, for lack of way of putting it. They think that mm-hmm. Canadian high school ball is, I mean, obviously it's a little different from being in Florida or Texas, California, uh, but let me say this: I'm a person who's been around for a while. Canadian high school football has improved considerably over the past 40 years. I mean, I first became acquainted with in high school football probably in the in the 70s, and you know, went from being basically just slightly above a club level sport back in the 70s to a legitimate. Uh, I would say that the best. Canadian teams would at least hold their own with a lot of uh, American teams, maybe not the top American teams in terms of high school ball, but certainly some of them. Is, is that match with sort of what your experience was in Canada? Um,
7: I, de- I definitely think the interest in football over uh, uh, the last five years for uh, Canadian football has definitely escalated. And uh, you see guys now like guys uh Tavon Smith for Iowa, he's mm-hmm. their starting wide receiver. <laughs> Uh, guys in the NFL like Nate Burleson and Luke Wilson and uh, Tyrone Crawford for Dallas Cowboys. So, yep. and this is all over the span of five years. And I think I think I think the game's growing. It's an, it's evolving. And uh, I think it was just a little bit slower getting to Canada, but I think it, it's really picked up. But uh, before then, he, um, in the, was before was then, good. I definitely say yeah, it was it was bad. It was like watching a JV team play. So. Uh, <laughs> That's 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 why I feel like the exposure and everything coming to coming to uh, America and playing was was you know what I mean it benefited me a lot,
0: and I and, believe uh, there are some series being put together. You can correct me because I you would know more about Canadian high school ball than I do, but I believe they're putting together some series, some cross border series where some Canadian teams are to, are coming down to play some American teams in high school ball.
7: Yeah, yeah, the they actually have a game and it's USA versus Canada and. I'm sure it's not the, the top recruits in, in the country because you have the, the Army game, which is a, a big game for high school kids. But they have a game for, I think it's National Underclassmen. It's a, it's a Canada versus USA, and I think Canada has won the last two or three years, which kind of raises some eyebrows. When, you know what I like, mean? I'm, like,
0: if it's I'm yes. uh, Kyle. Kyle, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you for a second. It sounds like things are getting loud around you. Okay, um, I'm gonna stick with Arjun for a second, then I'll swing it back around to, to Tony and uh, and Justice, and then I'll let you know when I'm coming back towards you, Kyle, because it sounds like maybe you've got some family or somebody with you. Okay, so Arjun, you played a bunch of sports, as you just said. You And then you and football began to become you know closer tell me about what helped you to make the decision to to focus more on football and and what did you do when you decided you wanted to play football in a in a in a collegiate uh environment in the lower 48
7: um well the, my my decision was based off of baseball and football really that, that 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 was my two roads to go down and uh I was actually going to get drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates and play uh-huh. baseball but uh, I decided that you have when you play baseball, you have to go to a farm team. There's so many. There's A, single A, double A, triple A, all that. So, yep. I didn't want to go through the go through the farm teams, and uh, Michigan State was just a great opportunity, a great university. Uh, I loved the atmosphere. I love the coaches. I love. I just loved everything about it, and uh, I think finishing with a great degree from there uh, would look would look good on my resume. So, that was the big decision, and uh, when I decided to when I decided to um, Fully commit to football and invest in football. Uh, I quit. I quit baseball. I quit track. I quit all my other sports, and uh, I didn't even go to my high school graduation. I was traveling around to camps. So I went to uh, Sound Mind Sound Body, which is ran by Curtis Blackwell. Shout out to Curtis Blackwell. He's the uh, recruiting coordinator at Michigan State, uh, and he's kind of the one that gave me the opportunity to to come there. I, and I I, 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 you know what I mean. I wasn't. I wasn't highly recruited or anything. I was unranked and I came in and I and I showed out. And I visited a bunch of schools. I went to Notre Dame, I went to Ohio State, I went to Michigan State, and I think that really that really that really propelled me forward into uh seeing that my competition level was 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 the same as an American kid and seeing that my potential was just was was at par. So, that's what really that's what really shot me forward and uh that's what I had to do to really commit to football is just Quit, dropped everything else and just focus on, on one sport. And uh, just credit to my family and my coach, uh, Harry Lumley. Uh, he really came out and, and supported me and would drive me places, drive me to Notre Dame and camps like that. So uh, I just appreciate it. I just appreciate all that. And uh, that's really what got me here right now.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to swing it back around to Tony. Now, Tony, as you mentioned, you come from a football family. You've got relatives at every level of football. You've got loves playing high school football, college football, pro football. Uh, What have you learned from talking to your other relatives, some of whom are professionals, about this game and the leap you're about to try to make from college to professional football? Um, Basically to just stay focused.
4: um, I mean, a lot of people don't ever realize it, but not very many people get the opportunity that all of us have. And at this point – yeah, and at this point, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that you want to do. I mean, you're you're basically done with school and, and you're just training to try to make that jump. And so it's just, they emphasize just stay focused, stay focused, you'll have the rest of your life to, to do everything else that you want to do. But right now, it's, it's this thing that you want to attack and just um, be prepared for.
0: If memory serves me correctly, Something like three-tenths of 1% of the guys who start in college football get a chance to make uh, either a practice squad or 53-man roster at the NFL level. Three-tenths of 1%. Not three percent. Three-tenths of 1% of the guys. If you count guys from all levels, starters from all levels of college football. That's a small number. That's a very, very, very (laughs) small number.
7: It's crazy.
0: (laughs) See, there's only. Think about it. There's, you know, 200 and some odd. If you add FCS and FBS together, that's like 230 some odd. Then you throw in Division II and NAIA and Division III. You're now at about 500 schools, and you figure that there's, you know, between 50 and 100 kids from I mean, what level of football. So you multiply that by, by, by what? 75. That's, and then of those, how many are starters? Well, obviously 22. You know, right there's still 11 on each tee so you're 22 times you know that's what 5, uh, five like 11 let's see
7: Oh, you got it. Uh, you got the math. That's not right. Me. Exactly, That's but yeah. So, of say.
0: those <laughs> – a high number. That's just a right really high a number. high number. And of those, think about this: the NFL doesn't empty out their rosters each year. It's not like they, you know, kick all fifty-three guys off the team from last year and start fresh. The Peyton Manning's are <laughs> going <laughs> to be there. The
7: Tom Brady's are going to be there. The Cam Newtons are going to be there. So it kind of it's it sheds down the numbers: kickers, punters, right, long snappers. <laughs>
0: Right, so that's the that's the, the great challenge. Is that when you show up, you know, as you said, Von Miller and you know Brad, Brad, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, all these guys are waiting. You know, they're not saying like, "Oh man, you guys are good." Well, I guess I'm gonna go, you know, work on my clothing line. No, they they're <laughs> planning to stay in the league for a little while longer. <laughs> yeah, you know? so yeah, that's the thing. It's you've got to be a competitor. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, to bring justice back in. So you went from being a basketball player in your mind, basically, in about a year. Art. You flipped the switch. And it's a Art. different mindset. I mean they're both athletics, they're both competitive, there's a certain amount of toughness. So it's I mean I'm not trying to insult you, but basketball toughness is a different world from football toughness. Would you agree to that? Yeah, I agree. Okay. So you're having to make this mental jump from basketball, uh, where you are the biggest, toughest guy going probably I'm guessing, to Art. Football where well, you're still maybe the biggest guy, but there's some pretty tough individuals. Tell me about the mental jump from being a basketball player to being a football player
6: man it was it, it honestly it it wasn't that big of a jump um and I'm gonna tell you why um, I grew up in Oakland california
2: man've
6: <laughs> um, <laughs> seen sense. a lot <laughs> right I've seen a lot and been through a lot man it's it's not um Basketball, I was always aggressive in basketball, too. I've always had aggressive. I've always had to be aggressive. You know, that's something that you, growing up, you kind of, especially where I'm from and where I live, you have to do. Now,
0: now what it part of Oakland, if you don't mind me asking? I'm from East Oakland. Oh, oh, you're showing off now.
6: <laughs> I'm from East Oakland. Um, Marshawn Lynch is from uh, North Oakland. Yep. Uh, so I'm from East Oakland. Um, I went to uh, Fremont High School.
0: Oh, John C. Fremont. Um,
6: right, right. Yeah, okay. Fremont. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, so um, you know, I I grew up I grew up uh around a whole lot of you know stuff that a lot of people do not want to grow up around. So That's I've the way to put to it.
2: Been,
6: right. I've always had to be be tough. I've always been tough. You know, I mean, I'm not tough. I, I mean. I'm not tough all the time. Of course, I'm a nice guy. You know, I'm a cool person and stuff like that. But I've always had to be tough. I've, I've always been – that's always been in my character. So football was, like, kind of natural. I can actually be tough. I can actually do the things that, that I've actually uh, been doing my whole life. You know, as far as, like, basketball, you have to calm it down a little bit. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. so right. So it wasn't too big of a jump. But uh, the, the, the most thing was actually um, – my body, get my body uh, <clears throat> to endure all the contact over and over and over again, to get used to it. You know, that was, that was the biggest thing for me. Mentally, I was there. Mentally, I was straight. I could be aggressive. I could, you know, we're going at it. You know, that's what <laughs> I've been doing my whole life, you know. Okay. So, uh, that was cool. Yeah.
0: Got it. I'm going to bring uh, Kyle back in. Kyle, we were yeah, talking, really- obviously, about the mental side of the game. and you play the most mentally challenging, mentally difficult position in all of team sports. There's more put on your shoulders because you, you can't just know your own job because to do your job, you have to know everybody's job. Right. Yes. Uh, talk to me about how that happened. How did you get to be – how did you grow into that, the the, the the load that a quarterback has to carry mentally? How did you grow into it? Uh. The, the – the way our offense was set up at Angelo State, uh, it was very quarterback
5: dependent. And uh, as soon as I got thrown into the role of being the starting quarterback, I realized real quick that that most of the game, obviously, you have to be physically capable of doing things on the field. But most of the game revolves around the mental aspect of it, and that includes, you know, knowing what defenders are, knowing what what your offense is 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 capable of doing, knowing your personnel knowing where everyone's supposed to be, so I learned real quick uh, how important the mental aspect of the game was to being successful. And one of the one of the things we had a lot of little sayings around Angelo. Uh, one of the things that that we used to throw around was we would anything that happened we would just say it's mental. You know, if we're in the workout and something becomes difficult and and we see someone slacking, we would just say it's
2: mental.
0: And that's one of the things that you know we focused on as Angelo thing. Okay. And since I'm with you, let's stick with your offense for a while. Tell us, people, sort of schematically. I mean, obviously you guys do go up, do up tempo. You do a lot in line of scrimmage. Uh, there's some design quarterback runs and some, you know, some zone stuff. What, what do you do in terms of? Okay, give us an. Let's let's start a game, right? Uh, ball's kicked off goes back to the back of the end zone, you guys take the ball at the 20. Give us, you know, a, sort of the a particular or a, a game cha- a game beginning ga- uh, play. Like, what are you usually calling or what's usually called to be in a game? Then give us like a, a second and three play, and then give us like a third and long. Like, hey, something happens that you guys lose yardage on second down, and then you go to third and eight. What's can of a, a place, Yeah, what, give me a series of calls that you might have to begin a game like that.
1: They're running at first. I'm sorry? On the so, fir-
0: uh, first yeah, play so, of the game? Yes, right. What do you guys often use to begin a game in terms of play calls?
2: Uh, we'll, uh, we'll probably
5: go for four first.
0: We, oh. like to, <laughs> we like to stretch the field vertically.
5: And if you take the past, uh, the last 11 games that we played in this past
0: season, mm-hmm. I'll probably most likely say that eight out of those 11 games, we started off with four firsts. Okay, um, and give me a, now. Is it like four birds with like a seam reader, or give me what, what's the actual call that comes in when you guys go 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 for four birds? Um, Maybe we, we just. I'm sorry. Are the all goes or like tell me what you actually are doing there? Uh, yeah, pretty much all goes. Sometimes we'll
5: have receivers switch responsibilities, so it would to a defender. It may look like uh, we have a post and a rail coming at them, but. At some at some point in time, we'll have four receivers uh, hitting hitting the four vertical landmarks, where, which are the seams mm-hmm. and the outside.
0: Got it. Okay. Now, what is the actual? Do you, I mean, sometimes they just call it all goes. I mean, what do you guys ca- call that in your system?
5: But, I mean,
0: some of them come in. And it's just it just differs. It,
5: it, it's different because we have so many ways to run four verts. We have we have inside slot receivers changing you know, changing landmarks. We have outside and inside guys changing landmarks, or we can have the traditional all uh, four verticals where everybody's running straight. It just, it, it's different. because so we okay. can run it on two by two, three by one, and it's different
0: ways that we can, we can trade landmarks. So it's, it we have a, probably over 10 different ways to run four verticals. Got it. So do you make those changes based on coverages? Is that how you decide how to run them? Oh, uh, no, we just, it's just how, how the play comes in.
5: It's just, uh,
2: it's
5: just a different way to run for a first, right? so it can look different,
0: basically, to a defense, confuse safeties and things of that sort. Ah, to confuse safeties. Here we go. So, Arjun, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you were a guy that played a lot of sports. You're playing in Canada. You managed to basically, through a magical mystery tour kind of approach, attract the attention of big time programs in the United States, which is very impressive. And. As you no, no, it
7: wasn't was magical.
0: It was just hard work. That's all it was. Right, okay, good point. It wasn't a magical mystery tour. It was a grinded-out mystery tour. You're right, good yeah. point. Um, but you managed to attract the attention of some big-time programs. What was it that finally helped you to to choose your program? What was it that finally helped you to say, okay, this is the place where I need to be? Um. Honestly, they just – honestly – there
7: wasn't a final decision. I think it was just a lot of a lot of small details that really that really built up to a decision. And uh, Michigan State's only an hour and away from my house. You know, what I mean, I, I live in Canada, so I got across the border, jumped to Detroit, boom, hour and a half. I'm there. Uh, the coaches, um, I, I could just see the potential in them. When I'm, wa- I'm watching games, I'm watching games. I'm watching I'm watching Michigan State. I'm watching Javon Ringer run the ball when 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 I'm in 11th grade, 10th grade and all the games that were so close and I feel like they they had such a good team. Uh I just wanted to be a part of something special. And when I met other guys that were coming to that school, the guys they were recruiting and and the character they brought in and just just the way the coaches and everyone went about themselves uh really stuck out to me and I just want to mm-hmm. Thing like Coach Barnett and Coach Narduzzi because those are the two guys that are uh very influential people in my life and um I think I think they, they, they had a big impact on me going to Michigan State.
0: Coach Narduzzi, he is one of the most respected defensive minds in all of football. Did you get a chance to, to talk ball with him before you signed, or did you only get really exposed to his genius once you got there? Uh well actually coach Coach Narduzzi is the one that who who recruited me.
7: So Coach Randuzi recruited me out of Canada. He saw me at the Sound Mind uh body camp uh, before they offered me a scholarship. He brought me in and uh, just, you know what I mean, doing some chalk talk and board work and just seeing where my mind's at with coverages. And uh, I, think he, I think he was impressed for a Canadian kid. So uh, I
0: think he got a little more than he could bite off. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like you're a student of the game. What was it that helped you? to get there mentally because, you know, it's not quite quarterback, but it's pretty darn close. I mean, to me, at least, playing um, safety is is one of the most demanding positions mentally. Definitely, definitely. And coming
7: from 12-man football in Canada where right. you only have three downs, which is it's, it's primarily passing, uh, you squeeze down the field from 65 yards to 53 yards wide, and it's a faster game. It's more de- up, up uh north-south game now. And uh I just think after I, I learned the coverages and the concepts of route and, and uh play recognition, uh that's I think that's when my game really emerged. So uh, just credit to my coaches and credit you know I mean, to the to my team for
0: uh for helping me out. Okay. Got it. Let's talk cat and mouse game. Um since Uh, I'll jump back out to the big men in a second, but since I've got the quarterback and the safety, uh, so much of what you do in your particular offense is built around basically abusing safeties. for lack of a way of putting it, uh, Kyle. Tell me about what it is you look for in terms of trying to figure out if the middle field's open, middle field's closed. Like, How many things in your offense do you do based on what you know about what the safety's trying to do, and how do you influence safeties in your offense? Okay, so I mentioned four verticals uh, mm-hmm. over here, and it's up to
5: both the quarterback and the receiver to recognize if the middle of the field is open and if the middle of the field is closed. Uh, well, we have our, in, our, in our four vertical uh, four vertical game, uh, one of our spot receivers is reading the coverage as he's running his route, and if he sees the middle of the field open, he'll bend that, that vertical route into the middle of the field. Now, if the, if the middle of the field is closed, they we'll have one high safety, he continues to run two yards outside of the scene. So, I mean, it's things like that where the quarterback and the receiver have to be on the same page and see the same thing in order for the play to be successful.
0: Okay. Okay. And flip side, obviously, as as a safety, you're trying to basically, you know, Jedi mind trick the quarterback as often as possible. Tell me about some of the things. Up, what school know. does he go to? What school does he go to? Arjun. Yeah. Arjun, no, went, no, no. With the, Arjun went to Michigan State. No. What, what school does the quarterback go to? Oh, Kyle. Kyle. I'm sorry. Kyle went to Angelo State.
7: Okay. Okay. Well. Things that we would have for that just a uh, basic ba- basic football is having the corners on and off. You know what I mean? That 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 tells a lot. Uh, and it's it kind of it it takes away the hits. If you're pressed, and if you're not pressed, it, it kind of gives away the hitch. So you always, that that's always the first look. I feel like uh, quarterbacks they try to look for their safety valve, which is which is obviously a curl or something easy. And as far as the safeties dropping back, we have disguises in our Michigan State defense, our cover four, where you know, we're 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 faking to the middle of the field, and we're actually just playing our our normal normal cover four show. Which is which is to cut, which is to stop the four verticals, hmm. as, as as our quarterback was explaining. So um, there's different things you have to do on and off coverage, and 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 switching who's going to the middle of the field. Sometimes we have a linebacker on third down or second down and long drop back to the middle of the field, stop it. If second medium plays, that's that's somewhere where they're gonna probably run an intermediate route, which you know, just basic logic. You probably want to play more man or something on that. So those are things that you gotta look for. And I think down in distance to the defense is just as important as the offense, and it kind of gives you a tip on what's coming.
0: And since I've got you, Arjun, I love talking safety blitzes because that was my favorite thing in the world. I I used to beg, beg, <laughs> uh, beg my coordinators let us blitz more. Cadillac Harris, if you're out there. Oh, he didn't. He did not like to see me come over. Like, hey, coach, you know, I've, I've been looking at what they're doing, and I mean, their backs are shaky, you know, and, and in and blitz pickup, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can get there. It's like, pretty sure it's not gonna get it, son. Go out there and play coverage.
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just know, just know when you go into those trenches, it's, it's, it's serious. It's, it's real. Those are some big boys down there.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I was an undersized guy myself. Trust me, I do. I was oh, one seventy four. Yeah. One seventy four. Applied to play safety at my heaviest. Um, oh no! Yeah, I was. I was a little. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I. That's why I'm doing this and not doing what you're doing. But um, I'd love to be doing what you're doing. Oh well, you know we'll talk more about that then. <laughs> but but talk, talk talk safety blitzes. First of all, how hard do you have to work to talk your coaches into let, letting you guys blitz? Um. As a corner, I, I well, I play corner. I I, I play both. I'm, I'm I know you play both. Yeah, I mean, I but I mean, I, please don't take this the wrong way. People have told you that you're more likely to be a safety at the next level, right?
7: Yeah, they, okay. they,
0: have, they have. They definitely
7: have. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. As long as I'm playing, I'm I'm cool. It's a game of football, and it's for it's a team sport, so it's, it's not about me. Um. Safety blitzes. We we have safety blitzes. We come in off the. the we have different sides and stuff like that for coming off the field their boundary. But I came on a lot of corner blitzes, and we love to call that corner blitz. <laughs> right. And I, it it and it's a big thing in college football now. But we've been doing it, and I've seen it, and that's one of the reasons why I went to Michigan State is because I love that they had the blitz. So, uh, I was I was, I was glad to have a, a sack this year and a TFL and. A uh, couple of QB hurries all, all off blitzes, so I never had to beg my coach really. Coach Barnett, Coach Tressel, uh, they called it pretty often.
0: Got it. Okay, and let me just go back to the big men, um, the dancing bears as I call them. Tony, you are really a an exciting package because, as mentioned, you're you're medium sized. I mean, you're not you know you're not JJ J. Watt, you're not 6'5 five and a quarter in you know two ninety two, but you're about two ninety and you're what six two and three quarters? Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have you're a guy who could play three technique. You could line up at four I. You could play at <laughs> five. Uh, tell me wh- what's your favorite thing to do as a D lineman? What's the thing you enjoy the most? Um, Position wise or both? Uh, what's the, what's your favorite thing to do? And what's your in terms of position-wise, like where you've been lined up, and what's your favorite thing to do? Like some people, they, they enjoy just blowing up a good old-fashioned, hey, look, here comes a, a power, you know. Oh, they're going to try to pull a guard on me and, and, and run, a, run a back at me? Well, let me just dome this guy, throw him to the side, and throw your back, you know, here it is, third and one. Well, hey, three-yard loss, how do you like that? Some people are pass rush guys. Some people, I mean, what is the thing that – so tell me about it positionally, where you like to line up. And then what's your favorite thing to do on the football field? Um, I love love lining up at the three-tech. Oh, yeah. uh,
4: Three-tech doing stunts. um, But stopping the run is probably a bigger – a big favorite of mine. Uh, It's like they're kind of testing you. I mean, if you're going to run the ball at me, I mean, we'll see what you can do. And uh, just being able to stuff it. I, I like stuffing the ball when they're trying to run it.
0: Yeah, you're you're a handful. I mean, you're a handful. Period. But you're a really a handful at three technique. I I've liked your tape all across the board, but I love your three technique tape. Thank uh, you. I
4: appreciate
0: it's, that. It's hey, I appreciate it. I mean, you're doing the hard work. I'm just watching. I'm just clicking through, <laughs> click, click, click. You know, hey, look at him shoot that gap. Hey, look at him use his hands. Um, <laughs> you know, you're doing all the work. You're like fighting three hundred pound sweaty monsters. I'm just watching. You know, bothered my wife at crazy hours of the night. What are you doing? Come to bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Tony Paloo, honey. Um, but, and then, obviously, justice on the other side. Offensive linemen, obviously nobody ever asks you anything about anything in terms of what happens on the field, but, well, rarely. But I every offensive lineman I've ever talked to has a favorite play, usually a run play. But mm-hmm. I'll let you tell me what is your favorite play call. What gets you? What what gets you all? You know. Oh yeah. What gets you a little little giddy, little little happy when you hear it? Play hear that play called in the huddle or signaled in or whichever. Well,
6: um, my one of my favorite, I, like I said, I love to get the reach, so I love um, outside zone or wide zone. Okay. Um,
2: <clears throat>
6: I love to get the reach because it was like. Oh no! I just love to, you know, the defense, the the defensive end never really. I don't think they ever really can tell when you're trying to do it. You know, sometimes we have players where we're pretending to get the reach, and the play is going the a whole opposite way. You know, so um, I, I love to get the reach, and I love the uh, the running back just coming right around me. You know, I'm pretty good at that. Um, but my absolute favorite play is a uh, is uh, is a quick screen. Um, and, oh. you know, i You know, <laughs> I dropped back. About um, for about uh, 1,000, one 2 seconds, mm-hmm. and I go right to the corner that's over the outside receiver, and I just cut him, just, just throw and roll, and <laughs> the receiver is out pretty much. That's my favorite play. I think we've got uh, two touchdowns off of that um, this year. <clears throat> Which, that's, wow. that's probably my play. I just get to go hard as can as, like, you know, I like hitting big guys, but, you know, the corner never really sees you coming. Oh, He's playing pirate. Never really sees you coming, so it's pretty cool to uh, hit him or um, watch them stop and just run out the way
0: or try to get out <laughs> yeah, of the way. Right.
7: Yeah. I don't do either or.
0: <laughs> so, you know, you know, Arjun, I got to come to you next because you got uh, yeah, to, you have to you talking you about trying to, try to you smash have to come you. To yeah.
7: No, no, that's not happening. Big Uglies aren't getting me. I'm, I'm giving them a little shake and bake, Let me a little speed speed, speed rush. So.
0: so you've you've never been you've never been taken off the off the field by uh by a, by a big guy coming out on a quick screen. No, nope, not yet. Okay, well, good good business. <laughs> um, that's the thing that's changed, frankly. Um, when I was, you know, I'm an old guy, but when I was, I mean, we saw screens, but we didn't see all these wide receiver screens. Wide receiver screens were very rare, in fact, back in my day. That's that's the thing that's really changed in the past 25, 30 years. Is there were a handful of teams like Joe Tillers. Wyoming and then later Purdue teams. A handful of teams really ran a lot of wide receiver screens in college football twenty five, thirty years ago and now it's everywhere.
2: Between the three of us that
0: You know, so that's that's been pretty a, a pretty fun change.
6: and it's pretty fun and to me it's uh it's, uh it works, you know, even if uh like you said, he never been um you know, took an out by offensive <laughs> line, but it works, you know, like we kinda if we run that you gotta get off your track. That's the whole point. You know, so it's, 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 it's
7: definitely good. I, th- I think the jailbreaks and uh, bubble screens and bubble goals and jailbreak goals has definitely opened up the game, and uh, a lot of teams are using it now. So I, I definitely see right. it as a threat. Teams like Baylor have, have, have kind of perfected the, the fast yeah. tempo, throw the jet, throw the bubbles out there, throw the jailbreaks. Teams like Indiana, and uh, you, it, it's just more common now. Well, I agree.
0: I agree. Well, let's stick with that. People usually think of it as, as cheap, free yards for a quarterback, but there's an art even to throwing those little tunnel screens and crack screens and jail breaks and everything like that. For those people who've never done it before, and I'll be honest, I mean, last time I played quarterback, I was 12, and as I said, we were a VOROP offense. I think we probably threw three passes all year, and none of them were screens. So. Explain to someone, once again, the timing and the art of throwing those quick screens, those crack screens and tunnel screens and jailbreaks, and bubble screens and things like that. Uh, um, question for
5: Kyle, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely uh, dependent on the coverage a lot of times, too, in our offense. If we uh, If we saw that the corner was pressed up, we would check out of it. And so, obviously, we would have to look at the corner and see if he's off then that's when we'll be able to run the play. And after that, it's a lot of trust. You have to trust your offensive lineman and you have to trust those other receivers blocking on those jailbreak screens that, you know, they're going to take care of their job to get you, to get the ball to the receiver. I'm
0: and assuming I mean, you, you you call it usually against off-man and, and soft zone, right? Right, right, right. Okay. And,
5: and we definitely like to, to run that play against, you know,
0: Hard rushers. Uh,
5: Defensive line likes to get upfield pretty fast. That's a play that we would like to run that again. With that throw, you have to get your hips all the way around to the receiver, and that's one of the things that you know is important with those jump, jump, a screams.
2: Okay.
0: And here's a question back for Tony. Whether it be high school, college, wherever it is you've played, Tony, who are the best players you've ever played with or best players you've ever played against or both? Who are the best guys you've ever faced? College, pro, Uh high school, any place. Well, not pro, but uh, all-star games, college, or high school, who are the best players you've ever seen up close, you know, either playing Uh, with or against? For going against people, I mean –
4: there's there's three old linemen out there that have, have actually um given me a pretty good run for my money. Um one, uh a guy out of Tarleton, um he was a all American tackle. Um and he was just he was he was huge. Um and the entire game playing against him, I mean I had never been challenged like that before and so I had a really big stat game that game just going against him, but Man, he, he made me work for every single thing that I got. And, and later on, I, I, came to, I actually found out when I got interviewed by the Rams that they had offered this guy um, a contract, and he turned it down for rodeo. I mean, he wow. wanted to do what he, he loved. But um, <laughs> when they asked him who the best guy he had gone against, he had given them my name, too. And so, I mean, uh-huh. that was a pretty good cool story. Uh, and then another guy I'm actually training with right now. He's uh, he's also training with me. His name's uh, Chris Weeks out of SMU. We met up at the College Gridiron Showcase, and
0: um, they had us going against each other for a lot of the time out there.
4: And he was Tony, actually pretty Tony, good too.
0: That I need. That's another guy actually I've been trying to get. Tell him I want to have him on. I he's a, he is an impressive guy on tape. He's he likes mix. He's a physical, tough guy. He likes he likes mixing it up. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, he's he's like right here in the next room. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, Yeah, but I'll let him know that for tell, sure. Tell I mean. him, tell him, find out if he's available for next week. But tell him I, I want to talk to him. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So those are some good names. Uh, anybody else at the Great Island Showcase, or anybody else that you might have noticed in your career?
4: Um, there was a guard at West Texas. Um, he was just crazy. Um. <laughs> He made it. He made it like a living hell to play football. I, I wanted to quit after going against him just because he was like whistles blown. I'm walking and he's just coming and trying to take my head off every single oh. play. And I got to meet up with him twice. So uh, second time around, I definitely redeemed myself and and we came out uh, with another win. But yeah, as far as that, those are going against those guys. Um, okay. They were probably the best. And when it comes to playing with. Um, Really good players. I think my junior year, our, our entire D line, um, it was basically all D line, not back, but I mean, it was, uh, everybody was just really, really good.
0: Got it. Same. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, same question for you. Um, Kyle, who are the best guys you've ever played with or against? Guys that you thought that, oh man, that guy's a beast? Uh, I'll probably say. The,
5: the number one guy that comes to mind is a guy by the name of Ethan Westbrook
2: uh, out,
5: of, out of West Texas A&M. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, he didn't he, he, he up set being, a he
0: set a record for the conference, didn't he, for tackles for loss? I wouldn't be surprised.
5: Yeah, he he he, he wreaked havoc against us when we played my sophomore year, and uh, I think he ended up ta- I want to say ended up taking Michael Sam's spot at the Rams so, yeah, he, he was really that good. And then another guy I would probably say is Marquis Christian. He played safety at Midwestern. He was all over the place making big hits this past year. And then uh, the third guy I'll probably think of is, is, <laughs> is Charlie Tewisle. He played at Commerce with Tony.
0: Oh, another powerhouse, another huge Polynesian angry person. Yeah,
5: the thing that I'll never forget, we had a power replay. play we had a, a, a zone replay and we, we read the nose, and he came up field so fast, he got in the backfield so quick that he tackled both me and the running back at the same time. And I was like, okay, this, this, and it was a, it was a big third and short short play, and the cu- the crowd erupted, and I was like, I've never seen anything like that before. And so yeah, he, he definitely. He- <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've seen that guy throw two hundred and ninety pound human beings around like empty garbage cans. Yeah, he he's an absolute powerhouse. Um now Arjun obviously you've seen a lot of really good football players in your day in practices, uh, and obviously in games. Uh mm-hmm. who are some of the best guys you've ever played with and against in your career?
7: Um, best player I ever played with. Uh, well, well with one of my teammates, Le'Veon Bell, obviously. But he's <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, you see he, he's pretty good. Uh but you know, I brought him down, I tackled him. But uh that 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 that's someone that's just God that's just God given talent and uh, I'm just so happy for him and all the accomplishments he he he's uh, obtained. But uh, I definitely Le'Veon Bell is a player I played with. I remember one game I told him he, I think it was against Minnesota, and he, he he did a spin move and got away and then got tackled. I'm like, man, you got a double spin, hmm. and this man goes out and double spins and scores a touchdown, <laughs> and that's when I realized that this 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 wasn't a game, this this wasn't competition for him. He, he, he's a man amongst boys, and uh, that's the day I realized that Le'Veon Bell was the best player I ever played against or with.
0: Yeah,
7: and the funny thing so, is,
0: he was a 244 pounds? Oh, yeah,
7: yeah. At one point, and now
0: he's he about, 218?
7: Yeah. yeah, he lost about 30 pounds, So, and, he, and he's fast. So he, I know he got a little bit quicker. He got
0: a lot quicker. I mean, I used to I think of him, as a, I thought of him as a power back, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, he's he's good. I like him. Ooh, he's got good feet for a big guy. Then I saw him in, in rookie camp with Pittsburgh. I was like, this can't be the same guy. This can't mm-hmm. be the same guy. Who's this guy? You know? <laughs> yeah, that that that's just a testament to him.
7: Uh he's hard working and uh <laughs> he he wants nothing but the best, so and he's went out and proved it. So I'm proud of him. Uh players that I've played against mm-hmm. um I wasn't playing at the time but I wasn't starting at the time, but one player that I watched play and I was just honestly just just impressed was uh, Ryan Shazier from the Pittsburgh Steelers too. <laughs> when we played them in the Big Ten Championship, I, I've never seen a guy just fly around, and it, it wasn't only just on defense; it's on special teams, on, um, pun you know, punt returns <laughs> and and punts. Just seeing a guy work like that all all game round, uh, I, I really have to uh, tip my hat off to him.
0: Yeah, that's a cornerback in a um, will linebacker's yeah, body. Oh yeah, yeah.
7: Honestly, his speed and uh how fluid he is in his hips and uh he, he still comes in and, and packs the punch, so uh definitely definitely one of the uh uh best best players I've seen. And also uh, I'd say Leontay Carew or uh Michael Thomas. Oh yeah. uh two receivers two receivers that are just quick off the ball, fast and uh just a, and just deceptive. So I, I I put those guys tied for number
0: three. Yeah, good list of guys. Leonta Cruz probably gonna be one of the first. In fact, those are two guys. They're probably gonna be amongst the first hundred players drafted in the next mm-hmm. draft. So yeah, they'll they'll do. I mean, you even mentioned guys like Jalen Marshall or Braxton Miller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I went against
7: Braxton, tackle the tackle to Zeke. Uh, you know what I mean? There's a there's a there's a there's a group of guys that are good. I I Derrick Henry. I played we played against Alabama. I I have to put even Stephen uh Stephen Ridley into there the uh, number three.
0: Well okay, let's stick uh, with those three guys, those three running backs, and we'll compare compare and contrast those three. Ridley obviously is a guy who's in the league now, and both Ezekiel and um, in fact Ezekiel's is likely to be the first running back taken, and then Derrick Henry's almost certainly going to be the second running back off the board compare. And of course you just mentioned Ridley compare and contrast those three guys, how they're, how are they alike? How are they different? Oh, I may mean, I may mean, i might mean Calvin Ridley. He played oh, receiver.
7: Calvin but, is, oh, sorry. Okay. But, uh, I can contrast Zeke and, uh, who'd you say Derrick Henry? Yes. I mean, those are,
2: two uh, Derrick, Derrick, Der- Der- Der-
7: yeah. Oh, yeah. Derrick Henry's a, f- a fridge, a fridge with legs. And, uh, like a big guy like that you, he kind of has to build up his speed he's not gonna burst up the hole and and just hit the hole and shoot it so um per, like, personally to me like side to side uh i'd say he's he's average a little bit above average but uh north to south that guy is an animal, and just the 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 combination of strength and size that he has in uh in vision i i think he's a good player and uh he'll hit the hole and he's always gonna he's always gonna fall for it he's one of those guys gonna fall forward. uh Zeke uh more 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 of a quicker back he's still a big guy too but he's more of a just straight line hit the hole he's not gonna try to run you over or give you a stiff arm he's just gonna you know you know what I mean so <laughs>
2: I'd
7: say I'd say, I'd say Zeke. Zeke's a great player too and uh two different backs but they both run hard and, and they keep their legs pumping and uh that's one thing that I think they both do uh, tremendously well and uh watching them run their forty times at the combine I think they uh they really prove that they have some speed too.
0: And is Levion sort of both? I mean in terms of being a guy Oh that... oh,
7: lavions Le'Veon, yeah,
0: Le'Veon's the the the, the, the,
7: <laughs> the ultimate player of both of them put together and a little bit more so and then some so
0: Right. Because he has the elite foot quickness. He can run over you. He can run away from you. Vision. He catches balls
7: up the backfield. So uh, he's really versatile. If you watch Pittsburgh Steelers, they put him on an empty. And he's out there catching passes, too. So he's a really versatile player. And uh, I've known that since he's been here. And I knew he was going to be a, a diamond in the rough in the NFL.
2: Okay.
0: And then see. Justice has rejoined us, so I'll ask you, Justice, same question. Who are the best guys you've ever played with or ever played against in your career, whether it be junior college, high school, uh, all-star game situations, your collegiate career, anywhere?
6: Okay. Um,
0: <clears throat> off top, I uh, think of
6: Devontae Lynch, which is uh Marston Lynch little brother. We, uh, I played against him in um, junior college. Um he played running back. The guy was, like, he's a pretty small guy, but he was such an animal. Like, when I think, like, Beast Mode is in their family bloodline or something, uh, that's exactly what I mean. He was, like, just carrying people, to, just carrying, like, the whole team. And he was a small guy. I, I I didn't understand it. I didn't really get it. He just ran hard, ran people over, and he had about maybe four touchdowns rushing. You know, and that's, um that was the year. That was both of my years. It was all two years of my JUCO, so that's uh, probably that's right. the best running back I've seen, um, other than um, the running back I blocked for. Uh, his name is Ja'Corn Graves. Um, I'm not sure if he plays anymore, but um, the guy ran like a four two, <laughs> and uh, he bounced. The, the guy bounced everything out. It was to the point the coaches would get mad, right? But they but they couldn't catch him. Like when he get he was a pretty small guy, so um, when he get tackled, he get tackled. But it was hard to touch. It was hard to touch him. It was hard to catch him. He just bounces out everything. That's um, outside zone, wide zone, and everything. He was just gone. And he has he has like uh, his side to side was quickest. Um, north to south, you know, he jukes, jukes, and he just go. And once he had a step on you, it was like nobody was catching him. So that, um, other than that, other than that, the DN I went against on my team, Brett Bowles, um probably the best DN I've been against. Um he, had, he was versatile. He had moves. He strong, powerful. Like I said, he was six uh I was six, three, um, six, four. He was about two seventy or something like that, just cock diesel kind of guy. And um, he pushed pulls. Um he, he was very uh, flexible so he been in the corner very well. Um and yeah that's um
5: those that, those are the players.
0: They're pretty Got good. It. Now, do you ever know what became of Devontae Lynch, um, Beast Mode Jr.? Do you ever know what became of him?
6: Um, I'm not uh, absolutely sure. Um, I think he uh, took a year off, and I think he's playing this year at the same junior college, I
0: think. Uh, oh, okay. So, so, that's, what, cause all, yeah. that's why I lost track of him. I was tracking him kind of, and then, okay, so he took a year off because I lost track of him. I was like, what happened? Okay, that explains it. Okay. So he's back okay. He's back in J.C. I figured he would be in college right. by now. Okay, got it. I, I think, think he's at Contra Costa. Contra Costa. Okay. Um, junior college. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad he's still playing because he he clearly has talent. He's probably about right. an inch and a half shorter and about 20, maybe 25 pounds lighter than his brother. But he is, as you said, he's a power pack little dude. He he actually reminds right. me more of a less uh, jukey Ray Rice. I mean, he's built more right. of Ray Rice And he is like his brother. But but he's not interested in making you miss. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's just going straight right. He's just in going through you. <laughs> yeah, so he had an interesting approach for a guy his size to run the football, but uh, but effective. Okay. Right, so we talked a little about all-star uh, situations. So I'll, I'll take it around the room. Uh, I'll go back to you, Tony. You had some all-star game opportunities. Tell me when you first started to hear from some of these all-star games, and how did you decide which all-star games you wanted to attend? <coughs>
4: Um, it, it came pretty early. I mean, I started getting, um, invites probably like right when the season started, I feel like I was getting letters and I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I really didn't think about it. Um, at the time my head was just in the season. Like I, I, I wanted to have a good season. I wanted another ring. Um, and as a team, that was our, that was our focus and our goal. And so everything was really last minute for me. And, um, I got the invite to the College Gridiron Showcase, and one of the guys I played with, uh, Charlie Tuel, he had played in it a year prior, and I asked him about him. He said it was a really good bowl. You know, they they changed the um, the system of it a little this last year, but I mean, all around it was it was a really good opportunity, and I enjoyed it. What was the coaching like? It was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I mean, practice practice wasn't exactly easy for me, but um, when I got there, the coaches were just go, go, go. You don't really get any rest, and <laughs> and so it was just really up tempo. And I mean, thank goodness I was I was uh, a little conditioned for it, but yeah, the coaching the coaching was really good. I got to learn a lot of new things.
0: Yeah, and that's good that you had that experience because. As I'm sure you've been told, NFL practices, they aren't longer than collegiate practices, but there's not as many bodies, and they go. They they go. It, it, it moves. Yeah. You know, they don't have 85 or 70 or whatever. <laughs> I mean, they have, you know, 46 active and then a seven-man, you know, practice squad, and that's it. There's 53 dudes. Yeah. And – Never, once you get past maybe the first practice, are all 53 guys healthy? <laughs> that's the other thing you have to remember. So it's really not really 53. It's you know 53 guys you're carrying, but a bunch, some of those guys are nicked. They might not be able to go in practice, or you know they're keeping the guys fresh. So that's yeah, so why they have a practice squad. But so yeah, it's really more like 48 dudes that are probably going to be really actually practicing in any any you know most weeks. And it goes. I mean, it's hit it and quit it. There's no – and that's what people have to understand. You've got to really get things quickly. NFL coaches are – I mean, they're great coaches, but they don't spend a lot of time. I hope someone's warned you guys. There's not a lot of, yeah. hey, let's stop everything and go over – no, 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 go, go, go. And Chip Kelly, in fact, and I don't know if he'll do this with the 49ers he was the Eagles, they never stopped for anything. If you blew it if you messed up, on to the next one, and we'll sit down and watch the practice tape, and I'll correct you there. But they, would, they wouldn't even correct stuff on, on the field. If you made the wrong call, went the wrong way, whatever it was, keep going, keep going. Because he's trying to get through. He wanted to run, once again, he's up-tempo, obviously, in his, in his heart and soul. So even his practices were super up-tempo. So you better be, <laughs> you better be conditioned or else, you know, we're going to see what you have for lunch at some point during practice. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so if you go to a guy like that, you know, Chip Kelly or anybody who really is into up-tempo, you'll. and obviously some of you guys are used to up-tempo ball. Okay, same question for you, um, uh, Justice. When did you start to hear about the opportunity in terms of All-Star Games and what made your decision, or how did you decide what you wanted to do regarding that?
6: Um, All-Star Games, I mean, of course we had um, one in, uh, two in college, uh, I didn't go to – I didn't go to it. I haven't been to an all-star game. Um, right. You had, college, you had right at,
0: a, yeah, tell me about that, because I know you had opportunities, but you didn't go.
6: Right. So, um, in junior college, after right after football season, it was right to basketball. So, I played basketball in junior college, too. Right. So, there was no stopping. So, I didn't um, go to the um, – you know, I I'd never even had a dream to really even go to the NFL until my sophomore year. You know, um, so – it was kind of like I still was playing basketball, so I still wanted to play basketball, so I, I just went right to the basketball team, and um, we had tournaments and stuff. Um, <laughs> right, right. This <laughs> this year, um, I had um, um, an invite to uh, D2 NAI um,
2: mm-hmm.
6: uh, All-Star game in, what is it? Um, With uh, the Dream Bowl Pist- or the Pist- National Pist- Bowl? Pist- yeah, I think it was Dream Bowl. Okay. Um. And I didn't go to that um they wanted me to um it was it cost a little money and I didn't have it at the time actually um uh, my uh, my mom passed in July right before camp Oh I came wow. To I'm sorry. This that. year so um I didn't I don't have any more parents so I was I was I'm by myself you know other than my oh. uh uncles and some aunties and stuff so I I couldn't afford plane tickets or anything like that sure. I was in a bad spot. So um so that's the reason why I didn't go to that.
0: Okay, got it, got it. I, I thought the uh, National uh, Bowl uh, tried to get a hold of you too. Am, am I wrong about that?
6: Um, I'm not uh, completely sure. I think my uh, coaches was telling me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I had lost contact with my coach. Um, we had some coaches uh, exchange. Um, coaches went elsewhere and stuff like that, so I didn't hear anything else about it. Ah,
0: uh, okay, okay, that's yeah, fine. Like, yeah, because nah, that's what I'd heard. I'd heard that those two bowl games, National and uh, Dream, were trying to get a hold of you and know what had happened with that. Right, um, they was talking.
6: To me, they was talking to me about that, but I, I don't know what happened. Um, what went on at uh, my school about the coaches? A lot of uh, coaches left, and we got a new staff. Um, uh, yeah, it was a lot of stuff going
0: on uh, at my school, so
6: I didn't hear too much else about it.
0: Got it. And that happens. I mean, that it happens when when staffs turn over, things fall through the cracks. Um, I mean, I've had guys who had scholarship offers, quote unquote, fall through the cracks when a staff change. You know, they'd signed to go someplace and the next staff like, we we have no idea what you're uh, talking about. <laughs> you know that, <laughs>
2: that,
6: actually, that actually happened to me after high school. I actually um had an offer to go to um, to play basketball for Humboldt State. Oh. And uh, huh. my head my head my head coach, um I don't know he resigned like the like after our last game and I didn't hear anything else about it. hmm Wow. So that was right. But um, I have to go. I have to. I have to work. uh, Oh, I know. I know. I was
0: going to ask you one to give us one last thing before you go. So, uh, before you go, if somebody wanted to understand what kind of athlete you were based on your tape, what game best shows? Okay, this is Justice Thomas. This is the guy that we. This is why we want this guy. This game. This is the game I would show to my boss if I'm a scout that would make us bring you in. What game would it be?
6: Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, D-1, double-A. We went to, uh, I think, double or um, triple overtime. I think sudden death or whatever it is. Um, That was my first time ever going to overtime in um, football, ever. Um, So uh, I didn't even know how overtime worked in football
2: (laughs) until this year.
6: (laughs) So um, I would say uh, watch that game. It was a great game. Um, I played really well. Um, I actually dislocated my finger. Oh. Hopped it back, got the taped, and got, got right back in
0: and played the rest of the game.
6: Um, so I would say, I would say, uh, watch that game. I think it was a pretty game. I think I performed really well.
0: Yeah, and AUPB um, coached by a former, uh, what, 17 year uh, defensive uh, a linebacker in the pros, Monty, Monty Coleman. And they have, they're mm-hmm. very well coached on defense. So that is a great tape. Uh, Justice, thank you once again for your time, your talents, your attention. You should look for an email from me. One of them has a series of questions. If you can get those answers back to me in the next couple of days, I'm going to start putting out a series of articles about well all the guys I've had on the show, but you'll be amongst them um in my blue light specials and uh talking about my all underappreciated team.
6: Okay, thank you. And um thank you for the opportunity and good luck to everyone. Um Kyle, I think you're still on here, and um everyone yep. else who
0: was on here too. So good luck to you guys. Certainly. Thank you, Justice. All right, <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to you, Kyle, and obviously to you, Tony. Um, both of you guys have, well, I'll come to you, Kyle. In terms of all star game opportunities, I'm sure you started to hear from all star games probably either before or during the season. How did you decide where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do in terms of postseason?
5: Uh, I, I mean, I had several,
0: several offers
5: come in right after the season, and. Uh, among the games, I think it was the Drain Bowl, National Bowl, and the College Guard Showcase. And I, I, I was stuck on the Showcase because it was several players in our conference that I knew that participated in uh last year. And I did a little bit of research, and I saw the 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 local competition and some of the guys that were able to make it to the next level that
1: came out of that Showcase. And so that was one of the things that sold me. Oh, I'm choosing that one. And once again, what was it like in terms of what did the coaches want you to do? uh,
0: What was the playbook like, and how long did it take you to start to feel comfortable?
5: Well, we just, for the first two days, it was based on just showcasing our abilities uh, in one on one drills and off off, uh, Christmas drills and then seven on seven. And then for us offensively, we basically installed the offense uh, for the scrimmage the night before. So it was a crash course. Yeah, it was a crash course. So, I mean, everything that we had to showcase in a team setting that, that Wednesday afternoon, we had to learn the night before and also do some studying and, and obviously memorize some of that stuff that whole night. And, I mean, we were able to, to do it and accomplish a, a successful scrimmage, but it was it was definitely an effort.
0: <laughs> People sometimes use the term drinking from the fire hose. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that's an example of drinking with the fire hose.
5: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough, but we got it done.
0: So, how much did they install in that shorter period? Oh, uh, we had we
5: had risk coaches to help us out as well. Oh, so, they kind of, yeah, that helped that helped out a lot. And but obviously we had about probably six different protections. Uh, we had six different run plays
2: over over
5: over 20 pass plays, and but they were all they were
0: all descriptive on the wrist coast, so it kind of helped the quarterback out in that aspect. Okay, so let's go with something that I know is in every offense on the planet. Uh, what they call some people call it NCAA concept or post over dig. Uh, I'm sure you had some version of that in the in the offense that you ran at the All Star game. In terms of verbiage, uh, was it sort of like West Coast offense Like what kind of – how did they call plays with that little amount of time, I guess, that's what I'm trying to figure out. figure out.
5: not have to recall a lot, but everything – the way that the verbiage was relayed to the rest of the offense in the huddle,
2: mm-hmm.
5: it, it was basically the same thing that was on your wrist coast, So you would have to read it left to right, and it would say the exact same thing for, you know, for everyone. And that the responsibility was within the play on the wrist coach. So as I was reading it, everybody in the office was also looking at their risk coach and it basically displayed their their responsibility.
0: Okay, so give me an example. Let's, let's go to the classic third and eight, right? Okay, so uh, if you wanted to get a, you know, like a, a stick nod to your tight end, mm-hmm. what would it be called or how would you give it to or how would it be given in that situation? You guys are – going to run a clear out you know the x is going to you know run a take off or a, a go or whatever it is to clear out mm-hmm. the space and you're gonna you know like i said have a stick nod to your to your y on on the on the um uh you're tied into the backside and then your z is going to run you know like a, a comeback like a deep comeback once again to kind of run off the the deep coverage how is that called i guess i'm trying to figure out when you've got as you said, you know, no, t- virtually no time to put your offense together. Well,
5: <laughs> the the way the the risk coach was set up, I believe it had protection first, so it would be like four hundred, mm-hmm. and then it will say comeback stick or something, something, like, something to that of that nature.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so
5: basically they, kept, they kept
0: it simple. They kept it simple then, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they kept it
5: So, I mean the receivers all they would have to do is look at their own individual risk coach and they'll know that they have the comeback and then the tight end will look at his and he'll know that he have the stick nod route or whatever. So I mean it it wouldn't
0: it wasn't it wasn't as difficult as it may seem. Okay. And I know it's hard to sort of figure out who your favorite targets are when you have so little time, but who stood out to you amongst the guys that you were throwing the ball, to whom you were throwing the football? Oh,
5: man, uh, shoot. They had, we had the, the guy from Texas Tech, the short guy, I forgot his name.
0: Jakeem Grant.
5: <laughs> Jakeem Grant, he was out there, and he was showcasing his abilities. We had a guy from Michigan State, a guy from Oklahoma that stood out. So, I mean, they had some guys out there.
0: Now, a lot of people talk about how small Jakeem Grant is. Was it hard for you to, to find him because of that?
5: And it's necessarily hard to find, but, I mean, his
2: catch rate is
5: much smaller than what, you know, a
0: big receiver would have, so you have to be more accurate, obviously. Okay. I'm going to assume he's the smallest person you ever threw a football to. Uh, Yeah, I will probably say that. Who's the biggest target you've ever had in your career?
5: Oh, the biggest target? We had a guy by the name of Chris Omegi. He's about 6'4", six, six almost 6'5", probably, and about 2'10". And he was a transfer from Kansas that we had come in. And he was a very big target for us that we utilized in our offense my junior year.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's that's always nice. That makes the job a little bit easier, doesn't it, because you can wall off the defender.
2: hmm
0: So what is your favorite play call? I mean, you mentioned four verticals. Is that your fave, or do you have something else that you really enjoy hearing calls?
5: Uh, we had what we call a trace route in our offense, uh uh-huh. Angelo. And basically it was a it was a ten yard hitch and it's a timing route. And that was probably one of the favorite routes that I like to throw. And with that, it was a two by two uh concept when the outside receivers run a ten yard hitch and then we had the uh the shallow concept or the drive concept, uh come from our intermediate or our inside receivers, or our tight end and our inside slot receiver, and the slot receiver run the under and the tight end run the dig. And that's one of the favorite concepts that I like to run to handle and it's 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 uh it can pretty much be any coverage, and you would say, well, it's how 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 would it run against cover two? That's probably the only thing that'll take it away, but cover two with that concept our outside receivers would, would convert to a, a fade.
0: Ah, okay, got it. Got it. So you trusted your receivers to read on the fly in your offense? Yes, sir. I mean, that's what we talked. And I think our receivers did a great job of adjusting. Okay. Who would you say was probably the smartest of all of your guys that you played with, the guy that seemed to have the highest football IQ? Uh,
1: just any position? Yeah, any position, smartest guy. smartest guy. Oh, okay, let me see. I'll probably have to say my seventh time Well, let me narrow it down this way: of the guys you have to throw the football to,
0: who had the best sense of how to get open? Oh, no doubt. I'll probably say my uh, my roommate for the past three, four years, Callum Smith. He's a what, slot guy. Oh well, of course, it's always the slot guys who know how to find the soft spot in coverage, right? Yes, so that's your that's your 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 element. That's your uh, your Welker, huh?
5: No doubt. Okay.
0: okay. Let me uh, go back to Tony and finish up with Tony. First of all, Tony, thank you so much. Uh, it's been tremendous getting a chance to know you. You have been an exciting and fun prospect to watch on tape for a couple of years now, and thank I know you. you're working hard. Now, where where are you doing your your combine prep or not combine prep? Your um, uh, your pro day prep in your case. Where are you? Where are you um,
1: doing
0: that? I'm in Tyler, Texas,
1: right now at a uh, Apec. And what are the things that you're
0: you know you're doing there what are you working on to get better um speed you know they uh
4: they've had a lot of uh fast guys to come out of here our 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 speed coach ran a a four two something in in his combine and i mean it's 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 a lot of track stuff it's 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 speed and strength right now and um we do a little bit of football training not too much um we're more preparing for our pro days just to to tackle that and attack that to get
0: our uh our best performance out sure i mean they call it the underwear olympics for a reason Uh, people sort of people make jokes about it but uh, whether it's whether it's funny or not it's money the money part isn't funny right? You can laugh all yeah. you want about the underwear Olympics, but the money part's not funny. People, <laughs> make, people make and lose sometimes millions, but very often hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, at pro days and combines and things like that. And whether it's football or not, and people you know complain about it sometimes. Just watch the tape. And they do watch the tape. I mean, you wouldn't be there if you didn't do good things on tape, you know. It starts yeah. with the tape, but let's be honest. It's a height, weight, speed league. I, I remember having a I won't say a fight, a discussion. I talked to the NFL scouts. And sometimes we agree on things, sometimes we you know, don't. And I loved a particular prospect um, who I thought was going to be a terrific player. And he ended up having a, a little bit of a career. I mean, it was sort of like we were both right, and we were both wrong about this particular player. He was a guy at UCLA who I think he still holds the Pac 12 record for interceptions by a linebacker, a guy named Spencer Havner. And I loved Spencer Havner, and I had him on my first All Underappreciated team, and I was shocked that other people didn't love him as much as I did. So I'm talking to the NFL scout with the Jets uh, at a pro day, and we're having a discussion. I, you know, we usually agree on a lot of stuff, so we talk about things. And I brought up Spencer Hayden. he was like, nah. and I was like, no, really? Have you looked at him? I was like, yeah, I looked at him. I mean, he's the UCLA. How am I going to miss him? And he's like, eh, you know, he's this, he's that. I was like, no, 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 you're not. You're give me another chance. And we were having this whole little discussion, and he said, look, son, we well, didn't say son, but he said, look, it's a height, speed league. And Spencer wasn't little, you know, 6'2", 237, which isn't tiny exactly. And he ran in the 4.7s. He didn't run a great time, but he ran a decent – I don't know. But the point is that they don't get excited. The, the, your tape is what gets you through the door. It gets you, you know, past the velvet ropes. But if you want to stay, if you want people to, you know, you don't just want to go on a first date. You want to go on a second date. You want to go steady. You want to get married. you got to put up numbers, it, not just – production, but they want to see that you're an athlete, because you're going to face face monsters. I mean, I don't think people realize, you know, because television doesn't do it justice. You guys are going to get your chance to be in an NFL camp. You'll see what I'm talking about. When you see an actual NFL practice or an actual NFL game up close from field level, your first thought is, how does anyone survive this? How does, how is there not just how does, how is there not just carnage? How is there not just ambulances coming on the field every other play to scoop up the bodies? It is amazing because I mean college football. Don't get me wrong. I mean there's, there's but there's three or four freaks, right? Three or four guys were just freaks, but most of them are like normal football players. But there's no normal football players left when you get the NFL. They're all freaks. They're some. They're all these. Genetic marvels. But the first time you see Julius Peppers up close, I remember thinking, first I saw Julius Peppers up close, like, are you kidding? Am I <laughs> in the same species with that? Are you, is this some sort of joke? And then I saw him move. So this guy is six and, and, and a quarter and 284 pounds, and he can run like a cornerback. I mean, he is going from one side of the field to the other in a blink of an eye, and I'm thinking to myself, God bless them. God bless the people that play against that. (laughs) God bless those people that play against that. (laughs) It's just a different world. So you, as good as a player you might be on tape in college and as as prepared as you might be to be, I mean, you might have been dominant in college. Everybody you're seeing was dominant, though. Like, there's every guy you're seeing was the best. That it, it, he was probably a legend in high school. Best everyone's seen in 20, 30 years in high school. And then he gets yes. to college. He's the best anyone's seen in maybe not 20, but 30, or 30 years. Maybe the best in four or five when he gets to college. Like, man, that guy's amazing. Then he gets to an NFL camp, but he's not even the 10th best guy on the team. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just a shock to your system. So anything you could do to get your body ready for the kind of freak show human beings that are going to be, you know, Dwayne Brown, Tony. I don't know if you've seen Dwayne Brown. You know, he looks big on television, but you see him in person like, oh, oh, I, under- oh, I misunderstood, you know, like a person, <laughs> like a, a very small but mobile minivan.
2: <laughs>
0: you know? So you, yeah. you, you have to get your mind wrapped around. You know, Justice is a good – that's the one good thing about Justice is at least he won't be physically overwhelmed by the size. Now, the, the quickness and the speed will probably blow his mind because he's not used to guys being his size and that quick. He's always been the biggest, quick. He's been the quickest fat guy every place he's ever been in his life. But yes. that's about to change. <laughs> he's gonna stop being the quickest fat guy. He's gonna be just another super quick fat guy. And oh, then, yeah. and then when you play quarterback, um, Kyle, I'm assuming you watched the Super Bowl, right? Where you saw Von Miller just, I mean, playing against the best football players in the world looked like he was toying with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was unfair. Like, how is this possible? These these are guys who get paid millions of dollars to stop Von Miller, and they couldn't. And that's what they their game plan was to stop Von Miller. It was like he surprised them. He'd sneak up on them. Like, oh, what's he doing here? No, they seen the tape. They knew. They just <laughs> see. They just saw what he did to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we got to stop Von Miller. Well, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Well, it doesn't work because he's Von Miller, you see. <laughs> and he's able to, you know. I mean, it's funny because somebody put up um a graphic of you know uh, what Derrick Henry did at the combine, and then what what they forgot to do was to show where uh von Miller blew Derrick henry out of the out of the water was three cone and short shuttle right. the guy's three cone three cone and short shuttle times would have been in the top ten amongst wide receivers, and he's two hundred and forty seven pounds oh wow. Yeah, the guy had a six, the guy had a six, seven, three, three cone, people. (laughs) Welcome to the NFL, kids. Welcome to the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a a freak show. Every single, it's an all, every game's an all-star game. These are guys who are the best anyone's ever seen, all of them. You know, so yes, anything you can do to prepare your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, do it. Uh, because you're about to get shocked. You're about to get shocked. And the best thing you can do, first of all, do a bu- be able to do a bunch of different stuff. Now we talked, obviously, Kyle, about people. Have people, have scouts, talked to you about, you know, wide receiver or whatever? Or or have they, what have they asked you when they've talked about when they, when when other positions have come up?
5: Uh, during the season, uh, I've probably had two two of them come up to me and say that you know to bring you in for a workout, don't be surprised if we can get you a receiver and see what you can do there. You know, I mean I understood that. Uh and so I mean other than that, uh my agent has told me that some guys he's he's gotten some uh some intel from some of the scouts that, you know, position change might be in my future. But okay. I am play
0: quarterback, that's what I'm doing right now. That's right. And I I I'll be honest, I think you can play quarterback but not every scout I talk to believes that for whatever reason. Now, do you feel like you want to try to prove them wrong and show that you can be a quarterback, or what? What is your mindset? Uh, I'm mean,
5: I'm going to continue to train at, at quarterback, and in my pro day, I'm going to showcase my ability that, at, at quarterback. But I mean, I, I know how the business works, and if they see my athletic ability and think that I can play another position, then so be it. I mean, my my goal is to be be on a team. So uh, if a team thinks that I can play another position, then so be it.
0: Okay. Now, you know, obviously you're a good athlete. When you when you think about the guys in the league, quarterbacks you look up to, who are some of the guys you like to watch? Who are your favorite quarterbacks right now, Kyle? Uh, at the top of this,
5: I would have to say Aaron Rodgers. I mean, <laughs>
0: good choice.
2: Yeah,
5: he's unbelievable. Uh, I think some of the things he does is is unreal. I mean, the amount of velocity he puts on the ball, how quick his release is, I mean, how, how far he can push it downfield. I mean, I think I – and how smart he is. I think some of the things
0: that he does on the field is
5: unmatched. And, and I mean, he does – he has everything, I think.
0: Yes. I mean, partner. think about this. There are guys who played 15 years in the league who don't complete a single Hail Mary. He completed three yeah. in one season. Yeah, he's, he's unreal. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense what he's doing. Oh, great choice. Um, great. Same question for you, Tony. Who are your, some of your favorite guys? Who you like to? Re- who you excited about watching? As, as far as any position? Any position. Who are the guys that just get you get your juices flowing when you're watching them? Um, I mean, I don't really have any particular players.
4: Um, I like watching positions. I like watching O linemen I mean, oh. I go against them all the time. But just watching them play, too. I've I've uh, a secret fantasy of mine is is playing
1: O line. So, let me ask this: Who impresses
0: you the most at the next level? Then, amongst the guys that you watch, since you watch offensive linemen, they may not be your favorite players, but just the guys that you think are most impressive. Um, I used to really like watching um,
4: Saturday Mm
0: -hmm.
4: when he was still playing. Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Undrafted for the most part, a guy that everyone said was too small.
4: Yeah, and, I mean, he was just a, a beast. He was a monster. And, um, I mean, also the Green Bay, just Green Bay's O-line, like watching all of them.
0: Okay. Interesting choice because uh, that actually they've been criticized a lot. I mean, a lot of people say that, you know, they have spotty offensive line play.
4: Yeah, and I think it's the criticism. It just drew my attention, and so I, I I watched them a lot, and I mean, I think they're all really, really good.
0: Interesting. So you you disagree with a lot of, I mean, it's funny, because I, I talk, like I said, to a lot of people around the league, and that's what most people criticize. They say, you know, their guard play is this, and they, their right tackle should be a guard, and, you know, all this stuff, and you know, Bakhtiari doesn't have enough strength to hold up, though so he's got good quickness. I mean, people always, people criticize the daylights out of their offensive line, so it's just interesting to hear you mention them. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And since you obviously know wide receivers at a high level, Kyle, I'll, I'll pick your brain one more time. Obviously, you'll go anywhere and play for anybody if you get a chance, especially if you get a chance to play quarterback. But if you could pick, say, the four receivers you would enjoy the most throwing football. What would be the four guys you would pick out of the guys who are in the NFL right now? I guess
5: I guess you would have to exclude Calvin Johnson since he's recently retired. So, well,
0: you know, maybe probably. maybe if he heard that you were coming into the league, he might come back.
5: Uh, no, I don't even know if he knows about me.
0: <laughs> maybe not yet.
5: Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, keep going. Definitely Calvin Johnson, uh, Julio Jones, man. <laughs> Julio for sure. Uh, Dez, I know he had a down year because he was hurt, but Dez, he he'll definitely be be a fun guy to throw to.
1: Um, one more. You like big guys. Oh. I've noticed those trends there. I was going to say, I was, was going to say, obviously Odell you know, Beckham. I mean,
5: he's he, oh, there you is, go. So one small yeah.
0: receiver. Okay, you got one yeah. little guy here there. One little guy. Other than that, it was a bunch of like small forward, big guard types, and you you slipped in yeah. one point guard. Okay, gotcha. And I'm going to spin you forward, Kyle. I'm going to take do you. You If you don't, hope you don't mind, I'm going to take you about three years in the future. You okay with that? I'm cool with that. Okay. Now, I think you're going to bounce around a little while on somebody's practice squad, and they're going to to want to convert you, for whatever reason, to wide receiver. I think you're going to end up taking your talents to Canada for a couple of years. And I think you're going to tear it up in the CFL. Tear it up. I think you just flat kill it. And now that might be what it takes for the NFL people to be like, oh, well, maybe he's a quarterback. Yeah, maybe. And uh, after you, you know, maybe win a couple of great cups, now you get a second chance at the NFL. And I think you're going to come down, and maybe you'll be a backup for a little while, but maybe some team that's sort of set at quarterback for the next couple of years but wants to bring in somebody and develop them, whether it be, say, Arizona with Carson Palmer or uh, Philip Rivers out in San Diego, somebody who's you know, in their mid-30s, and so they don't have to replace them maybe today, but they know that the clock is ticking. And I think that maybe about three, four years from now, you're going to get your chance, and you're going to open some eyes. First of all, you will have bulked up a little. Now, you're not – I mean, your body's impressive. Don't get me wrong. But you're a little on the slender side. You're, what, 207? What do you weigh now?
5: (laughs) I I don't know where this 205 is. Well,
0: help me, because I don't know. I've never seen – I mean, I've seen you on tape, but I've never seen you, you know, step on a scale. What do you actually weigh? (laughs) I haven't been 205
2: since three months old. I mean, I started this past season at 225. Oh, Oh
5: okay, yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, during the season, at the showcase, I weighed
0: in at two fifteen, but right now, as of right now, I'm about two twenty. So you're about two twenty, you said. Yes. Oh, okay. So you're not you're not as skinny as people say you are. Okay, so you are you're pretty well put together. So still, I think you've got room for another five to ten pounds, and. Okay. More
5: than
0: that, yeah. I mean, I, I'm about six five and three quarters, pushing six, six. So, Two twenty is kind of stretched out on me. Huh? So, so you, so you're you're almost six five. You said you're six four and. No, 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 no. Six, no. Five, 3 quarters. I'm almost six Wait, you're six five and three quarters. So, so just to just to confirm, when I, when people tell me that you're six three and seven eighths and two oh seven, they're just wrong. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> six three? Someone told you I was six three. I, I heard six three and three quarters. No, six three and seven eighths, sorry. I heard six three and seven and two oh seven is what I'd heard. So I haven't been that I haven't been six three since since high school. Okay. So so someone <laughs> said you measured in it just under so maybe it was your junior year, that you measured in it just under six foot four, like six three and seven eighths and two oh seven. But you're saying you're almost Twenty, or almost fifteen pounds heavier than that, and a full inch taller than that.
5: Yes, I, I mean
0: at the showcase I was six five and three quarters, and then oh. I was
5: I was fifteen at the showcase. Oh.
0: okay.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. I mean, had me. At, I had thirty five inch, thirty five and a half inch arms, eighty six inch wingspan. Did you miss your hands? My my hands are ten and a
2: quarter.
0: Oh hello there sailor okay well then you're you're big i mean you're not just, i mean you're, a, you're not I mean you're not thick thick I mean you could thicken up you know, obviously get a little heavier, but I could see you in three years being two hundred and thirty seven pounds, maybe even two forty two mm-hmm. right on that front- my gosh, you are a big man, okay well we'll have to I'm so glad I we really had this conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before you're getting your information, man, you might have to double-check on who, you, who you're talking to. I talk to scouts, you know. Scouts, I don't scouts apparently don't think you're as big as you actually are. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not just getting this off of bathroom walls. I talk to about scouts. <laughs> but I get the feeling that they don't double-check or go back. and like, so, if you, so when you measure – okay, so hopefully your new measurements will – you know, make the way around. <laughs> so yes. Oh, you're a big kid. Oh wow. Yeah. So you could. People have obviously compared you to people like Randall Cunningham and Vince and and Vince Young and people like that. But who do you feel you could be as a quarterback? Uh,
5: so like uh, Randall Cunningham, just because just the how slender it is is and the athletic ability. Yeah. Uh, Someone in the
0: league right now. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you could be? It doesn't be somebody in the league right now, it could be just any quarterback that you feel like you really are are similar. Like who who do you think you're like?
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: well, yeah, Randy Cut and Warren Moon.
0: Oh. That's a good good combination of dudes right there. yeah i I got a chance to watch randall cunningham's career from college forward and he was a two-time all-american as a punter Uh, he averaged Mm -hmm. 45 and a half yards and then 46 i believe one year as a punter he was a he could have been an NFL punter for years if he hadn't been a quarterback he was an amazing amazing athlete and remade himself Uh, obviously was a guy that you know wasn't terribly refined when he first hit the league and they didn't i mean i'm not trying to put the onus on anybody with philadelphia but you could tell they didn't spend a lot of time trying to turn him into you know what he eventually became once denny green got his hands on him out in minnesota then you suddenly saw everything that he could have been uh and then obviously in 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 warren moon another guy that had to go to canada right Had been five years in canada Showing people he was a quarterback, because just like you, people, for whatever reason, said, hey, why don't you go run some routes? You know? Why <laughs> don't you go, hey, or get some passes. Hall of Fame in a quarterback now, but for, it took five years in Canada for him to talk the NFL into him being a quarterback. You know, so well, let me ask you that before I move on. Are you open to playing up north if it, if, if that's where somebody wants to bring you as a quarterback? Uh, it. <laughs> I mean, from what I
5: see, I think I could I could play in the NFL, especially you know I think my talent level is up there with some of the, the big names, and I'm just hoping that if the NFL gives me a chance, I think they will soon realize that I can compete with those guys. Oh, but yeah, know, if that doesn't work out, I think I still have a lot of football left in me.
0: Oh, no doubt, no I, I mean I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say I'm mad at anybody. I kind of understand people always want to look for. There's two kinds of scouting, uh, Kyle, and this is true for you too, Tony. There's two kinds of scouting in this world. I've discovered this in my many, many, many years around this game. There's the scouts, kind of scouts that look for what a guy can do and then ones that look for what a guy can't do. And you pretty quickly realize which kind of scouts you're talking to. And, I mean, you can be successful, you know, being sort of negative about it or you can be successful being kind of positive about it, but the guys that are looking for what a guy can't do, will always look for something that will make them – they'll look for things that will scare them off a guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Level of competition, mechanics. Uh, I'm going to tell you, there are people who wonder about your football IQ. If they talk to you for one minute, for one minute, Kyle, they'd realize that you've got a good head for the game. For are here. I mean, I don't know how they can gather full and cues from tape or anything. Well, because they because they see the system is very binary. They don't see you, you know, doing a lot of checking off. They don't see you doing a lot of, you know, getting out of certain plays or doing they don't see a lot of that. They don't see the I mean, they don't see you doing things that they want to see quarterbacks do at the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage. Because your offense go first of you guys go. I mean, it's another one of those offenses that's a lot of tempo and you guys but it works, you know what I mean? Like, you can't really criticize the level of success. It's a productive offense. Yeah, over
5: 500-plus yards of offense. And I <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: kind of, it's kind of tough to see through their eyes at this point.
5: But right. It is what it is. I can only control what I can control. Oh, I
0: understand. But, I mean, Baylor quarterbacks face the same kind of questions. They look at the Baylor quarterbacks who are talented guys. I mean, they've – had some really good quarterbacks in the last five, six years, but the same questions always surround them. You know, do they know how to do this? Are they smart enough to do that? But if you manage to, I mean, that's why I was asking you questions so much about the gridiron showcase, because you had so little time, you know, to figure out what they were trying to do. The fact that you didn't just go out there and have your head melt shows me something that you've been, like you said, you did have the risk, risk coach and that helps a little bit. Uh, But still, it was a lot of information to, to squeeze, squeeze into your head in that short amount of time.
2: No doubt.
0: So I guess one last question, and then I'll, I'll finish up with, with, with you two guys. In terms of offensive football, NFL playbooks, things like that, do you look at stuff like that? Do you have people around you, Kyle, that say, hey, here's what NFL concepts look like, here's what they're going to ask you to do, here's, you know, here's what a play call looks like in the system that, Tom, Brad, Tom Brady runs. Here's what you know. Here's what Aaron Rodgers' offense looks like. Do you actually look at stuff like that? Do you have people around you, whether it be coaches or advisors or whoever, that say, "Here's what you're going to be asked to do at the next level." Yes, uh, the quarterback coach that I'm working with here in the Houston area is uh, Gerard Johnson. Oh, the guy that used to keep Hill on the bench back at Texas A&M. Yeah, well, yeah. He
5: um, he's, uh, he actually signed a futures deal with the Ravens. And the uh, first thing about my relationship with him is that uh i mean obviously he was i mean he was he was a highly hopeful am during his time, yep, but the funny thing about him is me and him went to the same high school, and uh we both played the same high school uh we actually shared the same birthday We uh, almost look identical and so
0: yeah, that's uh, the guy that
5: I, I linked up with as far as quarterback coaching uh coaching goes,
0: okay. And I'm assuming you're working on things like quickening up your release, reading defenses, that kind of stuff? Yes, sir. Perfect. Do you have any workout tape, like tape of the stuff you guys are doing in your workouts?
5: Uh, I have like a little snippet uh, somewhere floating around on Instagram, I believe. But other than that, I don't have. Okay, let me
0: give you two pieces of advice. Shoot some longer stuff, long enough where people can see mechanics, what you're doing with your feet, you know things that you're doing in terms of what your mechanics look like, how far you're coming along, things that show off your accuracy and your arm strength. Put together, doesn't it doesn't have to be forever long, but it should be at least a good couple of minutes, three to five, and okay. put it up on YouTube or Huddle. Put it up somewhere where people. No offense, but NFL scouts rarely go to Instagram. Just try to let you know. Just yes. sure. <laughs> okay, just you know, let <laughs> just let you know how. But a lot of them check out Huddle and even and even YouTube. So just giving you that little little tiny piece of advice and. If there was a game where you really thought you showed off your best, like the full everything that Kyle Washington has as an athlete, what game would you send someone to? What would you say, hey, you think I can't play quarterback? Look at this game.
2: Uh, for my like
0: senior year. For any year, any time in your career, what game do you think shows off your total package of skills best? Uh, I would probably have to go. The, uh, the
5: Lone Star Carpets playoff game my junior year against Midwestern State.
0: Okay, is that game up somewhere?
5: Ah, uh, it's,
0: it's it's on Huddle. I mean, but it's not. Okay. Up. It's, yeah, it's on Huddle. Shoot me a link to it on Huddle.
5: Okay, I don't know if I have access still to it or not. You have to probably talk to my, my head oh. coach.
0: Okay, who's your who's your strength coach? My head coach, uh, Will oh. Wagner. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, perfect. Uh, same question for you, Tony Palou. What's the game that you think best shows people your power, your versatility, your intensity, the, all the things that you bring to the table? What game would you say, hey, go watch that game? Um, I think going in, uh, go to my
4: junior year, uh, playing against Tarleton. Both games, I mean, it, I'd really. Isn't that the games. game where
0: you had to face the man, bear, pig? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's why you wanted to to showcase that game because you're playing this absolute animal. Yeah, and and I I had my
4: best games, like those two games, um I made a lot of game changing plays and I mean I think most of all was all of that was just because I knew who I was gonna go against and I had to be more than ready. <laughs>
0: that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, more than ready. Yes, that's an excellent description of, of what what was facing you there. Uh, that, that's like one of those test your soul games. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that you chose. It's, you didn't pick some game where you were just pushing some, you know, two hundred sixty eight pound guy around. You picked a guy who's like three twenty one and angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, got it. So, you. You're both students of the game, which is one of the things I like about both of you. Uh, so I like picking your brains a little bit. You've looked at a lot of defenses, Tony. You could play in a lot of defenses, multiple places. But if if it we're up to you, if you could pick a system, if you could pick a defense that you think would really highlight and where you'd really just shine, where would you go? What would you? Where would you send yourself? You know, honestly, I.
4: I would like to play a, a, at the DN position in a three front.
0: Okay. So, say for instance, like Houston, maybe.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, okay. trying to uh, beat G.J. G. Watt out wouldn't
2: be uh, <laughs> the ideal
4: <laughs> yeah. position I'd want to put myself in. But you know, yeah, like just just like that. He's another player I really like watching.
0: Yeah, I could see why. If you want to, once again, if you like work it out to you throw up. Uh, let yeah. me suggest that you start trying to <laughs> work out with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's an excellent choice right there. Uh, yeah, he's he's insane. Uh, the things he does, I mean, thinking of YouTube, uh, you just like to see basically the extent of human evolution on tape. Just watch what Justin James Watt does on YouTube in his off-season workouts. Yeah. Exactly. It makes no sense.
4: He's just a – I don't know what he is.
0: He's hes a beast. <laughs> I am not planet he's from. He's it's, crazy. Once again, people throw around terms like beast entirely too often, but he truly is a beast. I mean, the guy's yeah. flipping a 350-pound tractor tire up and down the field after practice, you know, <laughs> yes. you know? then he does a 66-inch box jump. Then he does, I mean, just stupidity, just ridiculousness. The guy just had groin surgery two weeks ago. He's dunking a basketball. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of ridiculousness is this? Uh, yeah, there's some there's some craziness there. I, that if you got a chance to, I mean, you should follow that guy around like a lost puppy. If you if you get brought into their camp, I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe not quite so much that he thinks you're a stalker, but just enough that he should wonder, okay, who is this kid? Um stand where he stands like just off to the left at all times and watches <laughs> everything he does. Exactly. Yeah, and the the good news is that he is a guy who's willing to you know, if you're willing to work out to you throw up, basically, he's willing to work with you. Like if you if you don't mind the fact that you're gonna hurt in places you didn't know you had <laughs> um because He's, oh, man, I mean, he just does not care about pain or, or fatigue. He doesn't care. Yeah. You know, so if you're okay with that, Tony, um, if that's something that's to be applied with. I mean, that's probably definitely somebody,
4: I mean, everybody would want to do. You'd want to work out with the best and play with the best. And so, I mean, I don't right. know if I'm ready for that. No, oh, you'll find him. out pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> you okay there, son? Oh, i right. <laughs> Just wait, wait a second. Uh, and, Kyle, I mean, obviously you're working out with Gerard. If you could work out with any guy, you know, anybody that you could follow around, who would be the guy you would I, – I, I think I can probably guess who it is, but you, just to be sure, if you could follow around anybody for a week, a month, uh however long, who'd be the guy in the league that you would just follow around like a lost puppy?
5: Uh, I mean, I mentioned Aaron Rodgers earlier. It's a good I'll, choice. Just see
0: how he carries himself, you know, around
5: around meetings and just around just how he carries himself.
0: Yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, my first meeting with Aaron Rodgers was on what? Maybe not the worst day of his life, but not one of the better days of his life. He had just, quote-unquote, fallen in the draft. Um, This is 10 years ago, 11 years ago now? 10, 11 years ago? Yeah, 11 years. Almost exactly 11 years, I guess. So it's, yeah, so he's just not gotten drafted where people thought he was going to. And, you know, Alex Smith has gone first. He's fallen all the way down to 23 or 24, where it was that Green Bay picked him up. And... He has to go into that media room uh, there at the uh, Jacob Javits Center is where it was that year. Then I think it was the year after that uh, they moved it to um, Radio City Music Hall. But, you know, he's there in this, you know, and people are throwing questions at him. And I saw the way he handled himself. That's why you should mention that. He had way too much gel in his hair. But other than the – and the suit was, mm, you know. But other than that, you know, if if we're going to get into, like, the sartorial side of it, he could have gone with a slightly less aggressive pinstripe and a little less product in the hair. But other than that, the kid handled himself beautifully. Uh, uh, he was asked a lot of stupid questions. You know, how do you feel? You know, <laughs> you know, what do you think? How do you think of you? But he handled it really, really well. And mm-hmm. the funny, I'm not trying to take shots at anybody, but when I compare that to the next year, the sim- almost the same thing happened to Brady Quinn. People were talking about him as possibly the first guy overall. He falls to 23 or 24, whereas the Browns got him. And he looked like his best friend had died. When he went into that room, I mean, he was heartbroken. I mean, I almost didn't want to ask him anything practically because he just looked so lost and hurt. You could tell Aaron Rodgers like was like fired up, you know, like he he was disappointed, but he was like, okay, okay, fine, okay. Well, you you don't think I'm the best player in this draft? Okay, well, we'll see about that, right? And then with uh, with with poor. uh, Brady Quinn the next year, I mean, he just looked literally like he lost his best friend to the world. I mean, he just looked broken. I was like, oh, man, you know? Oh, wow, that poor kid. Like, I didn't feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers. I was pissed off a little bit. I'm not pissed off, but you know what I mean? Like, I could see... I thought Aaron Rodgers was the best player in that draft, and I had written about it, and I was like, what is wrong with you people? How is, you know? I was a little bit like, what? And, and don't get me wrong, I didn't dislike Alex Smith, but I just thought there was a clear... Like, how do, you, how do you not see this guy's better than that guy, right? And I was like, what? what's going on here? And he kept, you know, still being available. Teams were passing on him and passing on him. And I was like, what is happening? Um, and I'm sure it was worse for him. You know, I'm just watching. You know, I'm just writing about it. I'm there at the draft my little laptop. You know, for him it's got to be much worse. But um, like I said, it was Brady Quinn. The game is just so mentally draining. I mean, you know, this, the, the, it's an incredibly mentally tough game. That's what separates it. And uh, Justice had to leave, but that's one thing that separates from basketball. Um, now, the basketball isn't a tough game, don't get me wrong, but, like, the mental drain, all the different stuff to think about on a football field. It's, and you're a quarterback, Kyle. I mean, my God, the stuff you've got to keep in your brain, especially to make that jump. Because they're not going to – I mean, I'm sure Gerard sort of warned you. It moves at lightning speed. The meetings move like you know? <laughs> There's no going back. I mean they occasionally let you ask questions, but they don't they don't spend a lot of time going back over stuff they've covered. Hey, what did you say about um what we're telling to the back and scan protection on that oh oh we've already moved on from that. Okay, okay. I'll I'll circle back around with later. I mean they just move. It just moves. Um it's everything move and then practice, everything just moves. You know, people have speed of the game, but it's mostly mental speed. I mean, mm-hmm. the guys are faster too. There are
2: mm-hmm.
0: freak athletes, but it's the mental speed of the game. If you want to really, you talk about following someone around for a, for a, 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 a month or whatever it is. If you get a chance to do so, um, I know you probably watch Gruden's quarterback camps and stuff like that. Yes, sir. Okay. Go back and watch some of them from the past years and see which guys, obviously Luck and a few others, but some of them are like, you can tell they studied for it. You know what I mean? Like they didn't just show up. (laughs) And then some guys, no offense, but you can tell some guys, like they talked to somebody a little bit, but they just showed up thinking, "Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to talk to John Gruden. But Mm -hmm. they hadn't studied. I'm, I'm going to ask you, maybe I'll ask you about it later, if you can tell when you go back which guys you think studied and which ones you think just kind of showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the Gruden QB camp. But that's a good example of what happens when they grab you at a meeting room and you're the backup even, but mm-hmm. they think just in case, hey, you know, so-and-so's got a sore whatever it is, sore quad or his AC joint's a little dinged up, he's probably going to go, but we're going to give you a few more reps this week. We're going to make sure that you're not going to go out there and embarrass yourself
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, because the reps are divided very unevenly <laughs> between the starter and the backup. Uh, So as a backup, you have to be your own QB coach. I'm sure Gerard probably mentioned that to you as well. Yes, sir. They do not spend a lot of time with the the backups at the next level. The guys who can go out there and perform at a high level as backup quarterbacks are self-motivated human beings. They're guys that decide they're going to be ready because they don't really get you ready. So if all of a sudden you know, Tony Romo goes down or whoever goes down, you didn't get a bunch of reps or a bunch of time. They gave you a handful of reps. And they told you what's going to be in the game plan and you better go home and work on it. Or else it's going to be a bad look when you go out there. And then for you, Tony, I mean, it's a little different because they share the reps better. Um, you know, if you're a defensive lineman and you're especially if you're backing up more than one position, if they if you are guys that they say, Well, in certain packages we're gonna let you play you know, a little three technique or four eye, and we're going to play it five. I mean, you're going to be, get, you'll get your, don't worry, you'll get some work in. It's a little different for you. Quarterbacks, odd, it's an odd world. It's a separate world almost, almost unto itself. It's almost yeah. a whole separate place. <laughs> it's a, a weird little fraternity uh, of these special, you know, gifted but challenged in all kinds of sometimes even senseless ways, um, I mean, you know what I mean. Like people, yes. people poke and prod and, you know, they'll ask you some crazy, crazy stuff that has nothing sometimes to do with, well, whatever. You know, you'll feel what I'm talking about. Uh, so both you gentlemen, thank you once again. I just want to ask Tony, if people wanted to find more about you, know more about you, uh, where would they find more information about you? Do you? Are you a guy that has a big social media presence? Is there tape oh. up of you, things like that? on on facebook oh tony okay. fulu old school okay facebook <laughs> i got you, <laughs> you are a d live it you are, a <laughs> you are <a> <laughs> all right okay um, and that's t o n i p u l u yes okay uh, same question of you Kyle if people wanted to know more about you keep up with you see stuff about you whatever it is wanted to know who you are where you are and what you are how would they find more information uh
5: they can from um, they can find me on twitter uh at k washington underscore seven
0: okay um and then pro days uh when uh, uh Kyle when are you going to be working out for scouts and where uh angelo state march twenty eighth okay so you're doing yours and you you're just gonna do one uh as of right now yes sir okay okay and that that might be fine i hope that there's some there's some decent players. I mean, it's not like you guys just. I mean, you you're a good player, but you're not the only show, only thing in town at Angelo State. So hopefully, you know there'll be a decent uh, turnout for your pro day. If you do, I mean, obviously I'm sure you've already been told this. If you do get a chance to work out at a bigger school, you definitely should do it. But uh, mm-hmm. there'll be there should be hopefully a decent decent turnout there. Uh, have any scouts already, or any teams already reached out to you uh, asking for tape or wanting to talk to you or things like that? Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, not since the end of the season, no.
0: Okay. Well, even during the season or, or towards the end of the season, what teams had reached out or, or had contacted you or the school for tape? Oh, wow.
5: There's probably around 20 teams that, that oh. at least, teams that actually visited. And I oh. probably sat down and interviewed with maybe around 15 plus. Really? Yes, sir.
0: Oh, well, that's, that's great. Um, who did you. Feel like had the most interest, or who do you think uh, seemed to be pick, giving the best, you know, the best sort of feeling that they had a real interest in you?
5: Uh, I would probably have to say maybe the Titans,
1: the Redskins, uh, the Chiefs.
2: Uh, those sticks, those stuck out the most.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, and it makes sense. They they like guys who can – all three of those teams like guys who can move around. They like to roll the, move the pocket, things like that. So that makes sense, all three of those teams. And, you know, you and Marcus Mariota are actually physically fairly similar. I mean, you're even bigger. Uh, but, but yeah, similar guys physically. And same question for you, Tony. Which teams have reached out to you or reached out to your school or, you know, have spoken with you or met with you or requested tape? Um, it was about the same. I
4: mean, um, I interviewed with a lot of teams. Um, for the most part, like halfway, half of our season was a lot of scouts coming to our practices, and I interviewed after with them. Um, when it comes to uh, team interest, mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking the Rams. Okay. Probably. Okay.
0: Well, they have a need. Uh, <laughs> we just, obviously, we know that. Um... Long time, Ram. Uh, they just had to, you know, say goodbye to a couple of their really sort of the faces of their franchise to some extent, yeah. In uh, Long and um, Laurinaitis, and they like pressure. Um, that's a, <laughs> if you know anything about Jeff Fisher's approach to playing defense, it's upfield, man. They get up the field at a like a bunch of scalded dogs in that defense. So, oh yeah. <laughs> So that's a that's that'd be a great fit for you actually, Um, you know that that'd not be a bad spot for a guy who's got your set of skills. So once again, gentlemen, if I haven't said it already, I wish you both the best. I think you both have what it takes. I just hope you get a fair shot. There's, unfortunately, still even with all the successes that small school guys have had there's still that hurdle to climb, but if you can get people to actually give your tape a really good look and bring you in, for me, it's just get brought into camp. If they bring you into camp, whether you're drafted or you come as an undrafted free agent, and I'll be honest, I think both you guys are guys with draftable talent, but you're more likely to be brought in in what I call the eighth round in the priority undrafted free agent signing period. I'd love for both of you to get drafted. I hope you do. And, you know, I hope to talk to you guys on draft day, and, you know, hopefully you'll be excited about being drafted. But if you, you know you, if you're in that period right after the end of the draft, um, the good news, if you're looking for a silver lining, is now you are looking at the teams and picking the best spot for yourself. You can look at system. You can look at roster. You, know, you can look at health of guys that they have on the team already and things like that to figure out what makes the most sense. You know, it's from scheme to location. Now it's you making the decision. You know, very famously, Tony Romo turned down an additional 10 grand from the Saints to go to Dallas because, you know, not to, once again, not to take these shots, but he looked at their quarterback room. It's like, well, you know, Chad Henning, uh, Quincy Carter, and Drew Henson, I, I think I can hang with those guys. And, you know, we see how it turned out for him. So, you know, like I said, I hope you guys do get drafted, but it's definitely not the end of the world. I mean, Kurt Warner's about the end of the Hall of Fame, you know, undrafted. Uh you know, we just inducted a couple of guys uh, a few years ago who went undrafted. And when, you know, when Antonio Gates, you know, goes into the Hall of Fame, which will be sooner rather than later, that's an undrafted guy. You know, so that's – the beginning of your story is – it all starts for everybody when they get to camp. And at that point, there's no special points given to you because you were a first-round draft pick or, you know, no one cares anymore. You're in camp. Fight. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that simple. Okay, you're here. Fight. Show me you want it. Show me you're better than this kid. And it, it happens every year. Some kid, you know, first-round draft pick, they get cut every year. Not many, you know, mostly it's other guys. But first draft picks get cut every year, most of them not first-rounders. But occasionally, even first-rounders get cut every year. I hope both of you just survived the fight and are up for the fight, and I think you are. Thank you.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: So, Kyle, um, you should have an email from me. If you can get back answers to those questions, and Tony, same thing. I'll, I'll be knocking out articles very soon. I also want to thank Justice, who I know I had to run, and uh, Arjun, who I know I had uh, another uh, commitment as well. But thank you once again, young men. Have a great, great next few months of your year. This is going to be – should be the greatest time in your life to some extent because you're never going to get a chance – at to experience anything quite like this ever again, and you're, you're blessed and special people.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you very much.
0: The so pleasure is mine. Uh, that was Tony Palou, Kyle Washington, both talented guys who, you know, look past level of competition, look at their tape, and look at what they're doing physically and mentally and tell me that they don't belong. They do. Thank you once again, young man. Thank you. You have a good Thank one. You. Certainly. Take Thank it. you. Good luck, Tony. Thank you. Hey, good luck to you too, Kyle. Okay. Right. We will do this again in one week. Uh, we'll have our post-combine guest. And once again, it's been a pleasure, an honor, and a privilege. Have a good day.